0: Cozy Zone friends, Ben Weber here. I am sitting in my room and I am all alone. I have the house to myself. Uh, Nicolette is at Krapalu, going to yoga school. My roommate Alana is out of town. She's going camping. So I have the place all to myself. It's really cozy right now. Um, it's raining outside. It's chilly. I'm wearing my NYU gray hoodie and some red flannel jammy pants. I am looking at my extremely messy desk. Uh, We got some screws. We got a Colectivo coffee thing. We have a a stainless steel water bottle. This stack of of cards that I like to pretend is fan mail. Binder clips, smash type stamps, a lighter. Um, Ooh, a gift Uh, for my friend Max and Sasha, actually. It's a surprise gift, so I'm not going to tell you exactly what it is, but I just want to give a shout-out to my buddy Max, who graduated um, from engineering school last week. I went to his graduation party. I talked to his dad, uh, Robert the Sheik. Uh, who I went to Burning Man with my first time. I met a lot of Max's family, uh, which was extremely beautiful. I'd never met them before. Uh, An aunt, I believe, from Cheyenne, uh, Wyoming, who is very anti-bullfighting. She had a, a beautiful bird who died. Uh, The cats are going nuts right now. Uh, Peanut and Daryl are going nuts. I think they miss Nicolette, or maybe I'm just projecting that I miss Nicolette. It's going to be exciting, friends, uh, for you to tune in to me on a weekly basis, because Nicolette is gone for a month, and so either you're going to hear me change drastically, either I'm going to completely unravel um, and become like a reclusive psychopath. Uh, who just you know gently murmurs into the mic, or I'm gonna become a hardened, calloused beast of a man. or maybe I'll just keep uh, being introspective, keep working on on self-care, doing my morning pages, doing my meditation, doing my oil pulling, uh, and and maybe uh, I'll just maintain a, a relatively pleasant, Cozy demeanor. I'm I'm gunning for that one, but but we'll we'll wait and see. We'll see what happens. Um, let's see. What else can I I tell you about? Oh well. Speaking of the cats, uh, Nicolette's mom, Elaney, sent a beautiful care package uh, with all of this homemade jewelry for Nicolette. Uh, it's really really special and beautiful. Um, she sent. Uh, it wrapped in these silk babushkas, uh, one pink and flowery one and one uh, uh, leopard skin one that isn't, uh, it, I I don't know how to describe it. it it's, it's sewn together as if it were a skirt, uh, so there's not like a, a front and a back. It's one continuous, infinite babushka, um, which is fascinating to me, and I don't know the best way to apply it uh to my head if I if I was you know, if there was an emergency and I needed to uh babush myself uh instantly. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't want that babushka because I would sit sort of thinking about it. I would be thinking about infinity. Um I uh I, I would I would not be able to make it if there was a babushka emergency. Um oh Brett Aresco. I, I went to a play with him. He is a, a journalist now. He writes uh, for uh, theateriseasy.com. Uh, we're going to have to fact check that at some point. Um, but we went to go see uh, the play Heisenberg with uh, Mary Louise Parker. I didn't like it. Uh, we'll we'll see what Brett thinks about it. Um, the play was very weird. Uh, it was about a woman and a man. Uh, w- uh, uh, older man, Mary Louise Parker, is sort of this psychopathic woman who tries to scam the guy, but they fall in love, and she has a son, and she is lying, and she's not lying. Uh, you'd think it'd be about Breaking Bad because it's called Heisenberg, but it's not. It's about language, and it's sort of like Mammoth, but there's no sort of depth. Uh, it's by the same playwright who wrote A Curious Incident of the Dog at Midnight. Very excellent play. This is very different I don't know. Um there were a lot of older people in the crowd. I think there are a lot of older people who go to theater these days. Um yeah, it, it's uh it it was great to see it. I'm really honored that Brett took me along as his date. Brett's partner, Brianna is also out of town for a month. So we are bachelor brothers and so we're going to get into all kinds of trouble together. Uh you know, perhaps uh listening to records. Um oh, uh, last night, uh, speaking of bachelorhood, so my night included just ordering in a whole bunch of sushi and watching Game of Thrones without Nicolette. Um, you know, as as you know, we are in an open relationship, and one of the agreements that we have is that we can be independent in the television we watch. In past relationships, I have never been able to. Uh, watch a show by myself if if it was a show we were watching as a unit as a couple, uh, we were dependent on each other. We had codependent television watching habits. but now in in our arrangement, uh, I have the freedom to watch whatever television I want uh, without guilt, and that felt scandalous i 'm not going to lie i i I felt like I was getting away with something dastardly, something dark. Um, I'm not quite caught up on Game of Thrones, but I did like this episode a lot better than the one where Sansa gets raped at the end and Reek watches. Uh, sorry, oh God, that's a spoiler. If you guys are uh, not, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I spoiled it for you. Uh, what can I say? What can I say? This is a, a, a daring, cutting-edge podcast, um, and I apologize. Uh, if I spoiled anything, I, I won't tell you who Sansa gets raped by. Um, so that's a mystery. And maybe you don't know who Reek is, but you'll know. And it's it's messed up. This week, friends, I am honored to present Max Foreman Mullen, who I had the distinct pleasure of joining in his home in Harlem uh, while he made me breakfast and coffee, and we sat on his couch, and we talked about life, and we talked about uh, justice uh, and racism and systemic issues, and it is a delightful conversation. I had a wonderful day with Max. The entire day felt relaxed and cozy and tranquil and nourishing, and I'm really, really grateful to have been able to sit down with Max. Um Max and I are grad school colleagues. I've been I've been really working through my my grad school MA in applied theater contacts. Um you know, uh, which I think is really beautiful that there is this community uh that we learned about applied theater to, together and and they support my my cozy zone project here. Um yeah, so give a listen. Uh and let me know how you're doing with everything. Uh, Definitely like the Cozy Zone Foundation on Facebook. Um, follow me on Instagram at Ben Weber Projects. Uh, follow me on Twitter. I am I am learning. I'm tweeting furtively, uh, not confidently. But you're gonna see, perhaps, in my unhingedness, I will become a fabulous tweeter. Uh, follow me at Cozy Zones. That's cozy zone with an s. Plural cozy zones, more than one, because there's not just one cozy zone, that as uh, as demonstrated by all of the different cozy zones with my my guests here. Um, I've been listening to a lot of Mark Marin. Um, there was a great one, Mark Marin and Ira Glass. Every everything is very meaningful to me. Uh, I I think I'm channeling a lot of Marin, although, you know, I am not. Uh, such an insufferable person. But I do have inner turmoil. I'm working on it in therapy. I'm working on uh, trying to express that in a relatable way, uh, both on and off uh, stage or a performance venue. Um, Oh my gosh! Join me this weekend, June 6th and 7th, for Figment. I'm going to be wandering around Governor's Island with all of my Podcast equipment and interviewing you, the audience, complete strangers, uh, we're going to be hunting for cozy zones. so come out to Governor's Island this weekend, June sixth and seventh i'm going to be there all day. Uh, you know use use the social media handles that i that I just related to you to find me it 's a vast island. It's filled with cozy nooks and crannies. It's filled with interactive and participatory art. Um, I really can't wait to see you this weekend. Uh, and without further ado, please enjoy episode thirteen of Cozy Zone with Ben Weber, Max Foreman, Mullen, at his place.
1: So we begin.
0: We begin with Jack's entrance. This is Jack. This is how we begin, Jack. Oh, no. Jack just uh, showed a note
1: to our, our guest, Max. I can't relay the contents of that note, unfortunately. A
0: classified note. The note was essentially, oh, my God. I see. So you, that, that's, that's the note. We can deduce. You've given us enough that we can definitely deduce what's happening. True. I, I, I actually I could have told you the contents right off the bat. I just didn't want you to know who it was. Oh, yeah. No, I won't say. That would be too much. I, I was just told a hilarious story by my father that I am, I am strictly forbade, like he forbade me to, to say anything about this story. Because it, it has so you're to do, not about to tell it? I'm not. Okay. But I just wanted to, like, that feeling reminded me of this experience I just had. And so now all of our listeners will, you know, sort of have this, this narrative blue balls which I think that's, <laughs> that's what I want to, that's what I want to do here today. I want to, I want to make just something so him. delicious. Yeah, just a lot of teasing. Yeah, that feels like the right, the right <laughs> direction. Cozy zone. Cozy <laughs> zone. <clears throat> it, you, as you predicted, uh, Jack would enter as soon as we started. I thought so. Exactly.
1: Well, he's been on the phone for a while and, you know, he, it's Saturday getting to afternoon, that time. Yeah. It's getting to that time. He might have to
0: go to the bathroom, get himself a snack. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, he could do so where we're sitting. Max, where are we right now? We are in my living room
1: where I have been spending a good amount of time when I'm home, which has been rarely these days. Okay. Working hard. Working hard. But I've lived in this apartment for
0: six years. So what I I, mean is that when
1: I'm here, this is my cozy spot.
0: I have not, you know, I've not lived anywhere in New York City six years ever. I've been here 12 years. Me too. 12 years. 12 years. When is, when is your 12th? Well, I count that as
1: being in New York State. Because <laughs> I went to college upstate at bard, right, bard four years and then came down here. So it's a bit of a stretch. Do you have a Bard tattoo? Absolutely not. Okay. okay. Absolutely not. Why? Do, do you have your alma mater tattooed in your body?
0: Uh, like no, on, on I don't. It would right be the NYU, the NYU Violet. I would not tattoo Go that for it. I mean, why not? I don't want to. Okay. If I had to do a tattoo, that is actually something that's been on my mind i made a joke to some colleagues uh that i would tattoo a very pleasant email exchange (laughs) we had on myself um uh, i gotta bring you some coffee max that is i'm gonna put that on the record do you need more coffee no i'm just saying i have some coffee you're gonna enjoy okay i'm yeah no i'm good on coffee i think this is my two cup limit you know
1: for the most part. Especially in the past few years, I've held myself to, like, one cup a day.
0: That's pretty really, good. I have my morning
1: cup, but in the past few months, oh, no. I got my morning cup, my, like, late morning cup, All my right. afternoon cup.
0: I need, I need to report in from the cozy zone here. Uh, you need to see Max's hand as he says one cup a day. Uh, it is a sassy hand. There's some sass, but also some power and definitiveness. Caffeine is a powerful substance. It is. One cup a day. Hand up, push, and right. come back. Is right. that is that what it was? That's about what it was. Um, all right. But then so you, you've you li- know. you've lived here for six years. So what? Like, where are we exactly? Like, being a New York
1: apartment is uh, relatively compact. Things are pushed together. So you're you're on the couch, in my living room. But you know, three four feet to your right is my kitchen. There's no real divider except for those tiles. On no, the floor. I'm
0: looking at your kitchen right
1: now. And then behind me. Two feet behind me, three yeah. feet behind me, is like the dining room. Mm-hmm. You know? I've got a table there. Basically, And there's a fridge. Jack is back, sending notes. I can't quite see. I'm that. not. I'm looking away. I'm not looking at the note. I'm not looking. It's, oh no! The no, note no. has been handed no, off. No interruption at all, Jack. All right. Do you know Ben? Jack,
0: we've met. I'm sure. Uh, I'm, yes, I think so. I'm ben. Hi, ben. Hello. What are you guys doing? We are uh, recording uh, episode thirteen of. Cozy Zone with Ben Weber. Wow. It's a podcast. It's a po- I figure. Yeah. What's it about? It's about hanging out with people in their cozy zones. Uh, is it on iTunes? It sure is. Oh, I'll have to listen to it. Yeah. This, this is going to be a good one, I think. <laughs> this, I feel it. I hope Max is, you know, himself well. well how, would you, how would you respond
1: to that? I'll leave it up to other people to decide that. I don't know. What I'm was feeling the, really relaxed. What was the verb? Missed the verb. That's why I let other people decide. <laughs> we both missed the verb. Huh. He's yeah, a very so smart guy. He we're might gonna, have just pulled something out of Yell and just dropped it on you and you didn't even know what happened. It sounded like quitting. Hope Max is quitting on you. No.
0: No. A quitting? A qu- uh, exactly. A quitting himself?
1: Maybe. Quip- <clears throat> quipping? Quipping. Quipping. No doubt he said that either.
0: Well, so all you listeners out there, please uh, write what you think the verb was in the comments. You can visit Projects dot com. Click on cozy zone. It's over to the. It's over to the. Uh, oh God, what is it? Uh, stage left. <laughs> that's, so that's, right, house right. <laughs> that's house right. It's house right. It's house right on the website. Yeah, house right for all you theater minded people. So there's a refrigerator behind you too. Did we? There's a refrigerator. There, let's see. What's the, look, There's all sorts of around in this apartment. beautiful things on your refrigerator here. We should. Pictures. We should, yeah, yeah, lots pictures. of pictures. Um, uh, lots of beautiful print of New York City. There's like a, a skyline. All the, all the hits. We got the Statue of Liberty, Chrysler Building, Empire State Building. Yep, yep, I don't yep. know. And I don't know. I don't Mom know. got me that. It has also got a slight
1: uh, pasta sauce stain on the <laughs> left side. I see it.
0: I see the pasta sauce. You know, it's just, it's not framed. New York living. Vinyl wine uh, huh? magnet, yep. Yep. dial yep. 646-370-4100 wow. for free delivery And Vinyl plug in, Wine. Plug in vinyl. Well, I mean, they're plugging themselves.
1: This is the great wine store down uh, actually between 96 and 97 on, on Lexington. Call them up. That is co-owned by the owner of the restaurant where I work.
0: Ah, we won't say the name of that restaurant? Uh,
1: so people don't like... I don't know. ...pretend that they know me if they come in? Oh, I'm like, oh, I've heard your voice.
0: Maybe we could could That's we it. say the name of the restaurant? <laughs> yeah, you, sure. It's called ABV. ABV. We can come and visit you in oh, I real didn't, life. I didn't say that. <laughs> Don't visit him. Don't visit him, Max. We have a... I, I, I would love a, an enormous audience. I would love to imagine this was hitting <laughs> tens of thousands of years, millions of years, but in reality, it's it's many dozens. Which many, is many dozens. Many dozens. Start. Yeah, it's a good start.
1: I mean, where else are you supposed to start?
0: I don't know. I don't know. For, like, you're launched into fame like a, a cannon, I guess.
1: If you're already famous, I suppose your podcast might have
0: a few more listeners. Totally. But. Totally. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard started to become. Start it from the bottom. <laughs> yeah. Start it from. Yeah, man. I'll <laughs> rap about it. There's a lot more shit on your fridge here. Shit, eh? <clears throat> I'm sorry. There's no, a lot. No, I'm joking. Of... I'm joking. Oh, God. Magnets, pictures of my uh, sisters
1: and my brother. Oh, that's the uh, CUNY School of Professional Studies. Is it the bobcat? Yeah. The bobcat. Wow, I did not know. Or maybe that's just the CUNY mascot, and I'm maybe bugging out. Yeah, I don't know if SPS I've seen it has at its Brooke. own. Okay. SPS maybe for probably real. doesn't have its own. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, my dad. Yes. Felix with a Felix. Uh, it's actually just one year since he died. Oh, I'm so sorry. He's finding different ways to honor him. That's I mean, great. Pictures up. So his. he's
0: wearing a Felix the Cat shirt. Yes. What is what is Felix the cat saying? I can't even read that from here. Yeah, it's hard to see. Uh, give okay. it a look. See. Let's see. Oop. Let's see. I'm stretching out. Oh God. Uh oh! I see. Life's just a bag of tricks, and he's holding a little bag, huh? That's very inspiring. You
1: know, Felix is a silly character. Yeah. Then some notes from my sister. You know. My sisters both live in California, but one stayed with me for a year and then a couple months at a time. And, That's so nice. And my other sister has stayed with me for a short stint, so little notes from them up upon their departure. So, do you have three siblings? Uh, two older sisters and a younger brother, okay. yes. Okay.
0: Okay. I'm an only child, so. I know. <clears throat> and Yeah. Very different experience. Very though. different, yeah. Um, yeah, there's lovely notes. There's a box of Rice Krispies. I was actually like, "Huh, I haven't had Rice Krispies in a long time." Me neither. My my brother gets into the cereal. Nice.
1: I don't think I'm throwing him under the bus to say that. No,
0: you know, I I mean that's yeah, I think uh, that. that I think it's easy to claim that you eat Rice Krispies. I think that there's yeah, sure. not a lot of friction. Not a lot of sugar. No, it's uh, there's a little sugar. A Little sugar. A little, I I was surprised to learn that more sugar than Cheerios. Good. Um, I'm about Are you plugging to, again. <laughs> I'm about to take a bite. Oh yes. Of a beautiful salad made by you, Max Foreman Mullen. Mm. It has arugula, yep. fava beans, yep. pecorino, and a lemon oil, salt dressing. And mint. And mint. Ah, mint is crucial. Mint, mint yeah. is it's the missing, it's the key ingredient. It is a key ingredient. Uh, here it because comes. Yeah, some life. Oh, oh man. Gives it some freshness. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, like I was telling you, man, these days, I really love to cook, but these days, most of the time when I get home, it's after work. I'm, it can be like 1 in the morning. I got to go to sleep. Sometimes I have to wake up at 6, right? No. Yeah. I haven't been doing a whole lot of cooking, but come the weekend. No. That's what I like to do. I like to wake up slightly later than usual if I can. Oh, yeah. If I, possible. I
0: did kind of today. Yeah. Not, not too much. And then, you know, make coffee and sit around and eat. Hell, yeah. Oh, yeah. Made some delicious coffee. Still working on it. Thank you. And a lovely French press. Different than the way I make coffee. Which is drip, which I, is... I do drip and pour over, oh, never French that. press.
1: Okay, you said that with a little just hint of... I
0: just, they, they're, a f- they're frightening to me. I'm afraid of French what? presses. Oh, yeah, I've heard about them exploding. Like, the top might come off, like, I, because I didn't have the spout position correctly. Like, I no, almost, no. like, no. completely ruined everything that... Unless like, you're,
1: like, in, you're just being a moron... It 's not going to do anything like that well, but but i like, 've heard i 've heard tales cousin was staying with Jack and I, and not that he is a moron, but he had a moronic moment where <laughs> nice, thank you I had the French press all prepped, you know the, the, this part, this lever, the spout up, ready to be you know, pressed down oh, yeah, as you do <clears throat> yeah, and he just slammed it down, and the whole thing shattered, and I was like,
0: what 's wrong with you." <laughs> He's, he's, you can shatter this thing. It's a piston. That's what we're taught. Our base. He was just responding he's, to his basic <laughs> instinct. The design of it, you know, like if you see a like a stopper, you slam it down because that's the dynamite. Yeah, in, but then there's I'm,
1: glass underneath it. And, and, well, and that's liquid, the, that the
0: is French press. That's Bodum's fault. Don't blame the Bodum. Don't I'm blaming them. them yeah.
1: So he then replaced what was like a, I don't know. Three, four cup French press with a three quarter cup French press, which I have over there. And three quarter
0: like, cup? Yeah, like a tiny. Oh, tiny. I see. She's cute. Yeah, You see that? She's cute.
1: He replaced it with that. I was like, okay. Hmm. Well, do you remember how big the other one was? <laughs> <laughs> oh. I can't quite make myself a cup of coffee with this. No, oh dear. If I have a guest, you know, or somebody else who wants coffee around. That's kind of impossible. It's
0: true, man. Coffee is a crucial... It is a, a social lubricant. It's a drug. But, like, man, do I, like... Do I make political alliances via coffee? Like, that is... That is my currency. Oh, yeah. I mean, coffee... But
1: coffee is very intense. Oh, yeah.
0: It was funny. I was just very working intense. at a restaurant,
1: actually, and this guy that I work with... Um, I think i was grabbing some mugs because people had requested that i make a fresh pot of coffee you know at night yeah which i always think is a little bizarre i get people have like a little espresso after a full meal or something it helps them yeah oh it's lovely or sure. it just feels nice but drinking coffee at night i, th- I always find to be so weird and so i was going to get these mugs and this guy i work with in the in the kitchen was like it's a droga de gringos and i was like yes <laughs> I mean, not that like white people exclusively drink coffee by any means, but no. But I was like, yes, absolutely. That in this situation, <laughs> that is entirely what that
0: is. Yeah. Oh man, it is my it's my gringo drug. Absolutely, absolutely every day. I mean, people all, all over the world
1: drink coffee, but yeah, I know. I always think that's fascinating that there are certain things that we use all over the world. Not every single person, obviously, but. But like, there's such different ways of preparing them, right. especially something like coffee. Like Turkish coffee is just like so thick and delicious, but has all that m- mud.
0: I totally I mean, know. Yeah,
1: yeah. There's just a million ways. A million to of prepare different ways. Of very coffee. basic things.
0: I've never really had like a really this. I've never. I want to like sit in this for a, a second. Okay. So, I I've never thought about like coffee shops and race. And like that, it just the droga, how do you, how do you pronounce it? Yeah, that's right. Droga. Droga de gr- gringos. Yep. Gringo drug. Gringo drug. Now, I'm not saying I'm offended. You shouldn't be. I'm not. But I am thinking about it. And I'm thinking about, basically, I'm thinking about coffee and whiteness. And what is, what like, where are the intersections? Certainly there are, like, palaces built to this drug, right? Like, all over the city, these little shrines to right. coffee, right? Right, and the um,
1: coffee shop is often the forerunner of a <clears throat> massive gentrification process. Certainly. You're yeah, like, Certainly. ooh, there's a cafe? Yeah. There's a bar? I'm absolutely. here. Absolutely, absolutely. Five other white people when I get off the subway? Yeah, I'm and here. do
0: their drugs in this, do their drugs here. And open up their... M-
1: you know, their laptops, their laptops and make it and happen. New Yorkers. Sometimes I'm like, okay, some of these people obviously kind of got a work from home, freelance situation. Maybe they're writers, artists, journal, you know. Yeah. Like how many, how can so many people who are like, seem to be productive, how can they just be sitting in a cafe all day long?
0: They're writing their screenplay, bro. I guess so, but it's not LA. So? That's they're writing, right. They're it's writing better. their thesis. They're writing their thesis, Definitely. Did I write my thesis in a coffee shop? I don't think so. I spent some time there. Which one? Gregoire's East Harlem Cafe. East Harlem Cafe. Listen, I love coffee shops. I'm gonna go mm-hmm. there when we're done here. I bet. It's a good spot for sure. That's great. I think coffee shops are super cozy. I would love. Oh, I love coffee shops. Like, oh, yeah. I love a shrine to coffee. Black Brick Coffee. Gonna shout it out. That's my favorite coffee yep. shop in the city in Williamsburg. Why is that? It is wood paneled. They have great coffee. They have this unbelievable backyard, this like crazy, like desert, succulent rock garden, like uh, New Mexico desert back patio area. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting. You know, wood, that, wood, I like. Yeah.
1: It does seem to have a cozy feel to it.
0: What's what is when you're not in your apartment? What is your other like cozy spot? Like where are the other cozy spots you dig?
1: Hmm. Well, I'd say definitely that cafe. That's like that's a, East Harlem, that's a, Harlem like cafe. East Harlem cafe, hell yeah, it's a great spot. I can't wait. Um, but also, I, I like to just be. I guess it's not exactly cozy because I think about cozy being as a sort of small contained space. But hmm. I like to be out in the park. Mm-hmm. You know? like no, to totally trees, green things. With lots of oxygen that make me feel good. Yes, especially <coughs> since we're getting such nice weather now. Oh yeah, tomorrow hopefully it's, it's going to be like great. Eighty degrees, seventy seven. Yeah, Tuesday, 70 Tuesday degrees is supposed to
0: be graze-ness. 80. I'm not ready for the humidity, but I don't care. I, I can still get cozy. I don't care. I I'm. Out, I'm. You know? I don't care anymore. I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take it. So, outdoorsy kind of things. Yeah, and, and I don't know. Hell yeah!
1: I haven't ha- actually had a ton of time recently to be so oh, cozy. Oh no, I hear you. So the, ha- you the apart- make time, the apartment is the cozy. This space. Is, and
0: that's why we're here. We're not. You know, I'm not saying we're not in the park, but I'm. I'm excited for some major park time. Have you been to Governors Island? I've not. Wait, um, wait, that's not true. I went there once. Once. Once for a short period of time. All right. There's oh, because I
1: haven't been to Staten Island, which is kind of oh ri- what ridiculous. Twelve
0: years. I know.
1: Well, it counted as eight, man. It counted as eight. Shit. All the same. Staten Island's the dopest. Is it? Yeah. Is is it a just large cozy zone acres?
0: It is acres a it area. is a island. It's a pure cozy zone. Oh, interesting. Every every inch of Staten Island is is a cozy cozy zone. Like absolutely. Just go hang out in a firefighter's <laughs> house. Uh, yeah, and just like some sandy, ravaged like oh, blocks, you know, it just, just got, soggy lots. It's just got real. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, Staten Island, you know, it's, they have lovely things and bad things, like every neighborhood in New York. Right. Uh, it's, like, super gross and super beautiful all at the same time. So what do you love so much about Governor's Island? Oh, well, there's just all to sorts to of magic stuff there. I want to invite you. I think I already invited you. I already invited you uh, June 6th and 7th. Mm-hmm. We're, doing, we're doing some cozy zones on the island. I want to find some strangers, some beautiful strangers. Get cozy with strangers. Yeah, that's what I want. <laughs> it's figment, you know, What? why not? Yeah, sure. Yeah, you, people have time. People definitely will say yes to, like, a two-hour podcast, right? Totally. Like, sitting in one spot for two hours outside, definitely. Like, yeah. they'll say yes again and again. That's my that's my big gamble. Right. And by hour two, you'll get somebody to open up for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe even a few minutes in. Who knows? Yeah, no, it's not going to be that long. I feel like that that one needs to be a speedier. Yeah. But we don't have. Give them a ten minute. Give them a ten. Ten, really?
1: So... I mean, what are you trying to accomplish here with strangers? Yeah, well, there's it a- just might take you a while to find somebody, but you never know. Somebody's like just no. waiting for the opportunity to, to unleash all of their in- deepest, darkest secrets and really get into it with you. Maybe use
0: you as therapy. Yeah, well, I use, I will use them as therapy. Awesome. We'll use each other for our therapy. Reciprocal. <laughs> well, <laughs> That's good.
1: It seems like a very New York kind of thing to do. Well,
0: where the fuck are we, Max? <laughs> yeah, this I don't know. this is explicit. It's not Kansas. Not Kansas. I've never been to Kansas.
1: Me neither. I was just thinking of Dorothy, you know.
0: I know. You haven't been to Staten Island? That blows my mind. Apparently, I haven't been to a lot of places. A lot of islands. Have you been to City Island? Oh, so, oh, so okay. Look, I had this. I had a
1: period about a year ago. I obviously didn't really follow through on this, but where I got excited about going to the islands. Maybe it was a couple of years ago. I was like, I hadn't really spent time. Roosevelt Island, Randall's Island, City Island, um, Staten Island. Still haven't made it to City Island or Staten Island, but I went to the rest of them. Um, Governor's Island, obviously, and I got really excited about that. But I think City Island is supposed to have great fish, and just yeah. like you can bike up there. It's yeah, sounds it sounds, it sounds awesome up there. I'd love to, to go there. I Need to make a trip.
0: What's well, funny? How uh, it's my funny coworker how.
1: Jeanette lives up
0: there. Oh. We should hang out with her. All right,
1: yeah. It's funny how New York is so so concentrated and packed in with people, but it does have these kind of suburban pockets at the outskirts that just bleed into other suburbs and become something else. Becomes totally rural, but that there's a slow rural. I don't know. Well, well upstate. Is, <clears> sure, know, sure, sure, sure. Sort of oh, like I see the, what you're saying. Long Island farmland and stuff. Totally. Like, but I just mean that there's like a slow movement where it becomes a little less dense, a little yeah.
0: calmer, quieter, and then just that is fascinating. Just trees. And the city is the, it's the bright That's hub, cool. hub of energy. All
1: packed in. <laughs> yeah. I, my brother was just telling me that there was some, something like hundreds of millions of more subway rides last year than there were in the previous year.
0: Hundreds of millions? Yes. Damn. 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 Yeah. And you feel it, too. I like so uh, feel it. Holy <laughs> shit. Every day is the worst. I want to do a cozy zone in my goddamn morning commute one of these days. <laughs> that shit is just like the least cozy thing ever. Maybe, but I I want to reclaim it because I have to do it every day, and I gotta reclaim Times Square, you know? Right. Well, you have this mobile recording. Device. I know. You I know. It it's happen. a little. It's a little clumsy. Like I I think you can probably buy some sort of uh, harness for this. Yes. This a mixer. Like a fanny pack. <clears throat> yeah. Do you you know about that? That's the gear I want to ask you about. Like, okay, don't ask me technical technical <laughs> just sound about questions. What kind, just, what kind of satchel
1: would that mixer fit into? I suggested a fanny pack of all things. I
0: bad. love fanny packs. All right, I, a, d-
1: I just looked at you and I knew that.
0: I all right, like, this fine. Is a perfect a fanny pack. I gotta solution. get a proper fanny pack.
1: I have a friend, Josh Walters, performer Josh Walters. He and check him out in life. Oh, he's amazing in life, but also in his one man shows, he often uses various. Brightly colored fanny uh, packs. Oh, he's just so weird. This is. He's this got a gold one and a pink one oh, and a multicolor. I'm just like you. What's
0: going on with you? Yes. I love it. Yes. Yes, Max. I'm not yes. gonna wear one myself, but I appreciate other people who do. Yes. I think you're right. I think I have to invest in some fanny packs. Yes. you I appreciate the plural in that. Yeah. Sentence. Well, because yeah, that's what you need. You're. I'm gonna really get some like strong hips. Right. Why is it called a fanny pack? It's on your fanny. That's why it rests on your fanny. Well, I suppose it depends on how big you are, but yeah. Fanny means pussy in it? in London. Yeah. Oh. And they instructed us not to say fanny when we were there over, like, in choir, because it mean it'd be it'd be like a little kid saying pussy. We weren't little. We were seniors in high school. Right. We I can say. I wonder why you would have
1: been saying fanny, but
0: because a fanny pack, because it's like, Cause and we're had one we're as, tourists. As a senior in high school. <laughs> Duh. I Got it's my like, money wait, belt. Wait, yeah, under my shirt. money belt, dog. <laughs> but, yeah. Oh my god! No one knows. So no one f- thinks to look for
1: money in the belt. <laughs> no. Just to, so to say, fanny pack would be like, yo, oh.
0: pussy pack. Yeah, don't say that to people. No. Pussy pack. <laughs> D- I. It's different than a pussy packed. Uh, oh my goodness! Have you made one?
1: What does that mean?
0: It, I guess it's some sort of pussy oath you take. Oh, my God. It feels good to say pussy. I'm not going to lie. It I, feels good. I see that you're enjoying that. I'm enjoying it. It's a weekend, man. It's time to... Let go of all your... Time to un- get it unleashed, you know. <laughs> um, it's a lovely word. I used to not be able to say it, really. I used to be sort of shamed. Yeah. But it's very nice. I don't really
1: say it. No? What do you say? Oh, we're going to get, you know, anatomical? Well. I generally am kind of anatomical. Okay. So, like, penis, vagina, that sort of thing.
0: Like, okay. At all times? I suppose
1: it depends, but.
0: Would you ever use, would there ever be a circumstance in which you would use a different word? Yeah. Okay. And what word would that be? Don't know. You don't know. I'd have to leave it up to the moment, you know. I see. Have, do you have any track record of saying uh, saying different words other than penis and vagina? Do I have a record? Have you, have you historically uttered a word other, uh, other than penis or vagina?
1: Can't say there's been any one word, yeah. Okay.
0: So you don't have a favorite. No. But you've used them all. Probably. hmm
1: you're just trying to dig real <laughs> deep into it. Mm-hmm. No, that's found all I... I I'm, sa- I'm satisfied. I'm satisfied. I'll leave you be. Well, it's, it's interesting, right? Because like language language is gendered and full of power. And language and is gendered. Yes. Yes. It can be very violent, but also is sexy. And it's like... Here we go, good. Max. Language is complicated stuff. It mm. carries a lot. Little packets of history and information and culture. And Absolutely. Problem. So... I like think, on the one hand, I feel like people should make an effort to be f- free with the use of their language insofar that why censor ourselves from free right. expression. On the right. other hand, language can do a lot of damage and actually it can. can reproduce dynamics it that are not can. so good. So.
0: Absolutely. You need to like you need to practice, you know what I mean? You need to try shit out, throw shit against the wall. But I think it's I think you should always be I mean, at least I would strive to always be somewhat intentional. Yeah, you know, totally. Like, I think you should always have a reason for what you say, and yeah. like, and be thinking about it. You shouldn't be thoughtless. Right. Um, however, it's okay to you know say fucked up things sometimes.
1: I curse a lot.
0: Yeah, yeah. Just, you know, oh sure.
1: Within kind of a certain framework.
0: Yeah. What it makes me think, too, you know, comedy, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of comedy news about, you know, things people should and should not say. Right. Um, And, you know, uh, where do you stand on that? I guess. I don't know. I guess like uh, they weren't like my favorite jokes. They were bad jokes. Right. But, you know, who's not going to make some bad jokes? Like, don't tweet like. You know, should you tweet your bad jokes? Probably not. I, w- I wouldn't choose to. But, right. like, if he was trying it out, seeing how it felt, that's part of the process, you know? And, like, we'll see. Like, it's, this is not, like, that is not the test, you know what I mean? Right. I think it's going to be, like, how he delivers. You know it's funny? I find that a lot of the comedy that I like
1: is, you know, stand-up yeah. is... What's his name? Like self disparaging. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? In, because oh. that level of vulnerability yes. and insight is just refreshing and says a lot about people. And oh, yeah. Somebody who's just able to say something like about how gross or just, you know, mundane they can be, you know, and how they get tripped up in the same things that everybody gets tripped up in. Oh, yeah. And often nobody talks about. Totally. I get into that. Me right. Too, or somebody man. like making jokes about. The, this country or the, you know, there's th- certain things that like really are more stimulating to me than other kinds of people. You like, and... you like America jokes. Yeah. Or just about or about, about dynamics among people. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. About relationships and, fucking and, America. and the way we <laughs> communicate with each other. Whereas something that's just like, you know, I have a million sexist jokes and a million ra- It's just not interesting to me it's at not all. And I think it's like, it's, it's actually untrue. Like you're just, Whereas something could be really revealing, and uh, a comedian could be making people laugh but telling the truth. Yeah, I'm excited
0: about that. And they could be talking about race. Yeah, it's cool. Like it's cool if it's well done, right? Um, But it's not. It's hard to do well.
1: I think. Right. If you just, you know, trumpet out a bunch of stereotypes about people, you're not saying
0: anything. No, you're just you're you're saying unpleasant things that we're all trying to like hide or, right. you know, we, you know, we laugh because we're uncomfortable, right? We don't laugh because it's true and we should, you know, fight against it, right? And for something like that to be controversial
1: is just, it's not really controversial. You're yeah. Just, you're just an asshole. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. That, that's my
0: perspective. No, but totally. Don't be we're, an we're asshole. We're generalizing it's, here it's, about It's, I, a lot of I would, I would say me. it's good practice not to be an asshole. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah.
1: I was just telling the students, though, it's very hard to not do something, right? We're looking, talking about Ooh. agreements that the group could have. Ooh, to try to t- tell us about what students, where? Um, at the Forward School, okay. which is on, you know, way up in the Bronx. Nice. Practically Mount Vernon. Okay. Holy shit. Uh, middle schoolers. We're doing an after-school theater program there. And so we talked about, okay... So this is not just to reproduce school rules, but what are some agreements that we can make with each other to make this a space where we all feel like we can try new things and feel like it's a confidential space and we'll be respected. And whatever. So came up with a list of things. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of don't, you know, don't insult people. Don't. Okay. Uh, so I'm thinking, OK, so. On the one, of course, that's something like we yeah. don't want to be insulting people yeah, or insult we don't people. want to be cursing at people, sure. but how can we frame that into positive? So that's actually something you can try to do as opposed to not do, because I think that's a lot hard. Not doing something is much harder than making an effort to actually do. Yeah. So like the one about uh, it's very respectful language, very right? Christian, we could say instead of not insulting somebody, right. not cursing, yeah. not, respect that we, we try to use respectful language, friendly use language, appropriate language, language like whatever it. it is. Like it. That you reframe that as something that you can actually think about doing. I like that. Instead of
0: <clears throat> yeah, holding yourself. It's back. like don't have sex, don't covet your neighbor's wife. Right. You know, commandments. Right. Oh, religion. Oh, religion. Yeah. No. It's it's very nice. It's very nice. I. That's very beautiful. What can you say? Of other things they came up with. Um. There was stuff about listening and betr-
1: really striving to be present, and, but at the same time being honest with your, how you're feeling that day. Um, it, it was a lot of stuff because people kept adding on. So it was like, yeah, don't lie about how you're feeling or, or, or be honest about how you feel. But, but <laughs> even so, like, there was. Don't one, lie about how you're feeling. Don't lie. Like, if you're in a bad mood, don't totally. To make it. Sure, sure. But to leave some of your stuff at the door. Great. Which I think is very sensible. Very sensible. Yes, but you know, there's a lot going on in middle school. That is, I didn't tough. like middle school. That's tough. Oh, God. Yeah, I don't know tough. many
0: people who did. No, it's really so, tough. It's the hardest. Yeah. It's so, the, I would say it's the hardest age group. Yeah. My Their bodies most are freaking
1: out. Mine, too. Bodies oh, yeah. are freaking out. You're tired. People are pissing you off. You're stressed out. <clears throat> you don't know what the heck is going on yeah. in anything. And you're still a kid. But yeah. you're starting to have more of the expectations of a young, young adult. Yeah, it's a mess. Not really, but you know. It's a mess. Yeah, things. that's when you get bar mitzvah, like totally so um so sometimes i find that like groups of young kids don't really want to have those kind of conversations but it's it's important to establish a yeah. certain kind of culture a certain kind of vibe in the room hmm. yeah
0: it's real nice
1: i don't know how we got on that reframing things is that something you can do as opposed
0: to not do we were talking about i don't know uh, talking about language, I yeah, use yeah, yeah. respectful language. Right, 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 Seems to be a link. Um, but, yeah, I just think language is the best. And I, I think it is such a fascinating condition of our humanity right. that, like, it is so imperfect and so steeped in all of, like, history, all of yeah. the worst parts of people, you know. and right. Like, it can be so violent and... Ugh, but like that's all we got. It's the only like it's really. I mean, it's that and maybe what images you can do your well, best with images. More and more, we're becoming an image inundated culture, right? Like Certainly, the, the less reliant on words. Yeah, but you know, we still are saying things. I guess. Yes, true. But, I mean, I <laughs> guess like language uh, language dictates thought. We are we are experiencing those images. You know. Through thoughts, which are, you know, uh, mediated through language. Totally. Um, I gotta figure out who says that. It's some maybe the post structuralists. Nice. I don't know,
1: man. What did you study? Ben's in gonna college? disappear for a while and look through some books. And oh, come, no, oh. I was joking. There I, are a lot didn't of Go through my books. There are a lot of good books. Don't to look choose through those from. books. This <laughs> is like the surplus rack over here. The surplus He's, rack. Jack and I had to, you know, get another bookshelf and put a lot of things here. So. I mean, I'm not going to prevent you from looking at the books, but, you know. Do you need to get kind rid of a any, random any of these books? No, I, don't, you know, I think we're probably going to keep them All right, for the most part. But yeah, they're just em. like a random selection of, like I said, he and he The New Jim Crow by Michelle That's Alexander. That's a very
0: important book. Yep. Two American musicals. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> you have, you have uh, American musicals. It's like a reference book, it looks like. That's probably my brother's. There's two of them. Oh, they're in from different years. Uh, 1927 to 49, definitely 1950 to 69. Yeah, definitely not mine. Um The Goldfinch.
1: Yeah. Did you read that? No. It was pretty good, but I felt like halfway through it really just dropped out and I I had to put it down for a while. Came back to it and I was like, Okay, I'm gonna finish this book, but it was somewhat of a task. Not great. Uh, Not great. The first the first half is much better, I think, than the second
0: half. I'll check it out. I'm I'm curious.
1: Okay. That wasn't exactly like the
0: best <laughs> recommendation. No, <laughs> I'm like no, maybe it's I'll... not so good. It's really long. <laughs> well, you know, I don't know. Who knows? I'm. I gotta be get better reading habits, man. Oh, My yeah. reading habits are terrible. Really? Oh yeah. I'm a bad reader. I listen to a lot of podcasts, but that's not reading. What do you find yourself reading when you do? Oh, fiction. Yeah. Self help books. Oh, I've never read one of those. Oh yeah. It's uh, got one called Organizing for the Creative Person. Ah. Uh. It's pretty good. Seems appropriate for your line of work. I guess so. Yeah. And, and brain. Well, oh man, I'm a mess too. But I'm really working hard. Really working hard yeah. to be less messy, to be more organized. So the book is helpful. A little bit. A little bit. It's a little bit. outdated. It's written in eighty one. There's pictures of floppy disks <laughs> on the cover. Like all the floppy disks are in like order. Um, that's amazing. And I'm like, well, you know, I, I'm going to take this. And then, we just discovered this thing about left brain and right brain. If you're right brain, you can't help but be a fucking mess. <laughs> Don't worry, right brain person. It's perfectly normal, as says this hack neurologist. <laughs> and because I guess I, I haven't read the recent literature, but I think left brain and right brain has been discredited a little bit. That there's a lot more overlap. And- yeah, and it's just like it, you can't. It's the fucking brain. Like, it's we a, wish,
1: you know? Yeah, there's so many things, right? Like, yeah. we, we. I think that's a funny thing about humans that we purport to understand we, so much and we're so <laughs> advanced, but we know very little about the brain.
0: Oh, we know very, very little, little
1: about the ocean. We know very little about the, uh, the basic outer bil- space. building blocks. Well, I guess
0: that's not even. That doesn't count because that's high up, high upstairs. Well, I feel like, know
1: what what's in your backyard before you. What, totally. What's light years away. That's why
0: I'm going to say on the record, I'm a little. Uh, Curious about NASA. Curious about NASA. I'm not well. You know, I just uh, I, my my other friend Max would disagree. Uh, but I I don't think space travel is where we could use that money better. I guess we do need to. We do have a lot of satellites. Yeah. We have a lot of satellites. We have a big reliance on satellites. But you're saying that
1: you know these. These big telescopes, and you know, maybe, or rovers. what I'm saying is, we don't need
0: the government to spend money on space. Well,
1: I think part of that is a result of NASA being just completely linked to the military for its maybe. whole history. So, space, any, Star Wars, st- exactly, Star Wars, and the laser programs, and anti nuclear stuff. Right. You know, a lot of a That's lot of true. contemporary technology in the military. That's true. If you can go those, to Mars, you could probably nuke anyone, right? You could set up a base there. I think it's a lot about post World War II, Set up a Truman, Eisenhower, right, right, the right. bomb, like the whole thing. Oh, you know, the bomb! Oh, the nuclear bomb, man. It's funny that we don't talk about that, but that's Ugh. been such an incredible obsession, f- f- you know, for the past s- many decades. Nuclear war, nuclear war, like holy we shit! We are just coming, you know, the generation war. after. Yeah. A real consciousness of that. But, Fuck yeah! But we talk about Iran having, you know, a potential nuclear weapons program, and I'm like, oh, who, who else in that area? has an an unofficial nuclear program. You you know, it's like Israel, the United States. There are certain certain countries that are permitted to have massive stockpiles of nuclear weapons. And we worry about other
0: people. Yeah, man. It's fucked up. I think the whole thing is a mess, but, you know. Nuclear weapons are not cool.
1: No. And so the space program, while a lot of it now, I think, is also about the water is drying up
0: the water is drying up man. the
1: trees all being cut yeah what's gonna happen right like, let's find another planet i oh think that's God. a really crazy logic but oh you know it's happening there's a mars program they're setting it up they're but it's like it we're just right gonna now. use up this one and find another yeah, one how I many mean, people
0: are gonna go to the other one uh, a crazy few it'll be like 10, australia 000. ten thousand. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Maybe ten thousand. Maybe a million. You know, but I a million don't know. people sent off that's into space. Crazy. That's it's crazy. crazy. I mean, that's that's crazy. I don't send a million
1: people. Well, how the hell are they going to survive if it's any? If you know, the gene pool.
0: You're right. You got that know. alone.
1: But, but how are they going to sustain life from more oh. than a thousand people? Oh,
0: Jesus, I don't
1: know, man. That's terrifying. People are trying to figure this out. Oh, you better believe it.
0: Those NASA people are trying to figure this shit out. This this is dystopia. I wanted to talk to you about dystopia. Yeah. Um. We're I, really jumping around here. I like it. This yeah, I'm feeling is feeling cozy. Like well, this can, is what we, can we just do. Go anywhere. Yeah. Go anywhere. Yeah, but it's all Take in a straight book. line. It's in a book. A reading rainbow. rainbow, I can be anything. Friends to know Ooh. and ways to grow. Up. <laughs> and <reading laughs> rainbow, I, I, reading I, rainbow. I forgot the word. It's I, okay. You, not you kept up with it. Oh. Made an effort, which is what counts. Lavar. I love you I love, love are you? Oh yeah,
1: um,
0: so you wanted to talk about well, dystopia, dystopia, and how they affect our lives. I think I wanted to use dystopia in full transparency as a as an interesting segue into your thesis work. Oh gosh, um, you don't need to talk about it, but I would I have been thinking about dystopias, and like, yeah, I think it is a, I think it's a fabulous. Way as we were discussing to shed light on the the ills of our own our own society. Mm-hmm. Uh, thinking about uh, uh, the Hunger Games series. Right. Thinking about 1984. Uh-huh. Uh, I guess it's not really dystopia. The Interview is not a dystopia. Not really. It's. <clears throat> but now we're also living in a dystopia.
1: Right. <laughs> Definitely. What I think so fascinating about dystopias is that they do really well, the best ones. Like my favorite kind of social science fiction dystopian writers are Octavia Butler yeah, or Margaret yeah. Atwood, mm-hmm. like folks in that mm-hmm. kind of of that caliber in that field. Yes, totally. Octavia Butler being my all time favorite. Yes. Super um, cool. Check her out, Octavia. Hey. Parable
0: of the Sower. I've right? read a so, third of it. Oh come on, Ben. I know. You gotta you gotta just have it. So you gotta finish that. I know.
1: There's certain books you can't put down.
0: <laughs> like, the, like like the, the goldfinch,
1: Bible. What oh, the Bible? You know, you know, it's always gonna be there. <laughs> Go to a hotel, you'll pick one up. Um But like the dystopia, right? That the the, the most successful <laughs> ones, the scariest ones, um, novels, are just taking what we have been living through and you know, taking extrapolating on that, taking yeah, that next, to the next logical yeah. degree or a couple yeah. steps ahead where you're like, Oh yeah, yeah, that could happen. Yeah. In fact, that is actually a, you know, I think a lot of authors authors will say, "Oh, my work is not an explicit commentary on this and this," and people always try to make it out to be. But there's a lot of commentary in dystopian yeah. fiction, and then a lot of that you see coming true, right? Like if you, it was written a couple of decades ago,
0: then you're like, "Oh yeah, that's how it is." Have you experienced any of the Divergent franchise? I read the first two. Okay, I saw. The, I, was like, eh, eh, eh. I saw the movies. Right. No. The first one I enjoyed. It right. wasn't good, but I enjoyed it. The second one was not good, and I didn't enjoy it. Right. And Divergent, you know, it's like Divergent, Hunger Games.
1: They're all kind of patterned off the same yeah. basic principles. Divergent
0: is, is extremely far-fetched, though.
1: Right. That's like super far-fetched. Right, because it's like humans, like we're tearing each other apart, and there's this outside force we don't really know about, and in order to deal with it, they split into their Into these, these groups,
0: groups, these five groups? Five groups. Like, Really? Like, right. that doesn't make any sense. Hunger Games, yes. <laughs> Hunger Games is like, yep, that's, that makes sense. Yeah. It's like, you want to put people in a groups, you're going to need like hella armed guys. Right. Like, you're yeah. going to need hella and coal oppression. And all the things yeah. that's based around. Right, right. It's about resources and it's right. about race and like, yeah. of course, you know. And yeah. of course, they're going to have this barbaric, like, Hunger Games, like the worst thing. Right. It's like, it's well, great. And it's all about bread and circus, you know. Oh, yeah. The, absolutely.
1: The overextension totally. of the empire, just trying to have one last oh, yeah. effort at controlling people oh
0: totally it's like it's absolutely it's absolutely spot on right but yeah divergent divergent is like no like it's like what are middle schoolers most afraid of being in the wrong group here's right. what we're gonna do you can be different but someone might try to kill you yeah <laughs> that's right oh, <laughs> that's true <laughs> Everyone will try. All oh, yeah. of society will be it's designed a... <laughs> to try and kill you if you're different, if you don't fit in. Ugh. But it does celebrate, celebrate a divergence. It does. It of, does. In a very violent way. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> it does. It's good to be. It's cool to be divergent. I'm a fan of uh, you haven't seen the movies. I, I saw the first one. Okay. I like yeah. uh, that guy, uh, four, five, six – what's his name? Four – yeah, sure. Four. Yeah, yeah. Is he a number? He has a number well, name. Because that was his like his rank or something. No, or, that was like how many people he. How many? He'd just how many no, I think it was like how many oh, oh, beatings oh, oh. he would get. Wasn't it
1: about how long it took him to get out of his creepy, nightmarish experience? Maybe. Remember, like they had rejected with a serum or something, and then had to go through their worst fears and no, fight he, their way through. I think it had to do think with it's his... how many, how quickly he got through. Really, I believe four. So. The uh, <sighs> run a what he is it called a sim. Them. Oh yeah, exactly. Run a sim. I would not want to be in a sim of my own worst fears. No, absolutely God. not. I'd be like, I quit. Yeah, and but mine would be like
0: so, like emotion. It would just be like people yelling at me. Right. That's like my worst fear.
1: Really? Oh yeah. Like saying you're a failure and you've oh, yeah. you've let everyone down. Yeah. And that sort of horrible uh, thing. Yeah,
0: i would be the worst. Mm. Yeah. That's pretty bad. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like lava. Oh, oh, and a tornado People yelling
1: at it, me through a tornado on top of some lava. Oh, yeah. Lava
0: is scary. It's hot. Yes, it's really. Hot. I just saw a
1: picture of a photographer with a tripod taking a picture on some lava and the bottom, the legs of the tripod are on fire. His feet, you know, his shoes yeah. are catching fire. and yeah, He's man. just looking through the lens trying to get a good shot. Yeah. It's like, like fuck, it's those rumble.
0: rocks are from the center of the earth. Right. It's hot. How the, the unlike we have any conception of? Right. That is crazy. The center of our Earth, what a what a uh, life is crazy. Life is crazy. I was thinking about it, yeah, like That's crazy. Sorry, go ahead. No, we're 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 jumping
1: around now because we're talking. Let's you know stick on dystopia for a minute because okay. I think there's an interesting there's something to probe right, into. We it did dystopia. a little lava. We just, we're jumping around just a little lava. I think, I think the Earth is it's often going to be a thing we come back to. But yeah, I hope in so. Fact, I hope so. Well, and there's <clears throat> David Butler has some stuff about kind of the end of end of days the end of human's own capacity to be to live on yeah. earth which yeah is, i don't think people talk about oh like well, when the earth dies or you know that's gonna happen not gonna happen for billions of years in terms of it being a rock that is no longer in its current form but it might not have the same amount of oxygen and carbon you know totally i mean the resources will be depleted right and our own ability to live here might end yeah but we'll it doesn't to mean the Earth Mars. is going to go away. You know, and there might be something that like feeds no, off of sure. some kind of crazy nuclear energy. There's a lot energy, of bugs in you know? Oh,
0: yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. Some hyper-acidic ocean environment. Oh, God. Right? Jesus.
0: Oh. Those are really weird creatures. And, yeah. Hyper-acidic ocean environments. Well, that's horrible. what we're doing. Oh, it's horrible. We're changing the pH of the Oh, yeah. Real fast. Ocean.
1: Real fast? Oh, there's like, mass die-offs all over the coasts and... You know the starfish and what? all What's these. What's wrong with the starfish? Off the California coast or ha- the whole Pacific coast. What's happening? Tens and tens of thousands of starfish are dying. Yeah, oh, you know, it's just like there's, there's a lot of animals. I didn't know that. To whom that is happening? Ugh, oh,
0: that's so sad. Oh yeah, that's so. When sad. we look at
1: the oceans as being massive and impervious, and they'll always be there, oh, but they the might not always starfish. be there in the same way. I know I didn't mean to bring it there, but you no, know, dystopia. Okay. We're no, talking about that's, things that's not real, working as they should.
0: Yeah, I and mean, like that is it is now dystopia is now dying starfish. How sad! But I get, and then it'll make them cheap. It'll it'll put those people who collect dead starfish and sell them to tourists. Their jobs will dwindle, hmm. losing jobs.
1: I'm not so concerned about that part, but you know, <laughs> it's no. it's still no. yeah, everything's interconnected. No, yeah, I'm not either. I'm not either. <laughs> yeah capitalism's... yeah it's serious man it is
0: a serious don't
1: care for the earth or anything in it no no it's
0: but you know even there's a there's a sort of a post capitalist uh feeling that you know really it it would behoove your bottom line to think sustainably there's there's a lot of there's a pretty big movement i i worked for an organization who believe that uh the That's urban interesting green to me council because it's been so much about the next
1: quarter and so that doesn't seem like enough time for me just in my own head to I, I, I try to imagine somebody thinking about being sustainable when the bottom line isn't about a couple of years from now. Really, it's like it always is. about no, the next. it is. But it,
0: I mean, you know, people in like people don't expect like I don't know the the average person makes a, an investment not expecting a return like a retirement fund, you know. People don't expect to like get rich quick on those. No, but I would hope to have a retirement. You know. Oh, certainly. Me too. Policy
1: or pension when I. Yeah. Who knows? We're no. of the generation who might not have those things. <laughs> right. In the same way. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, look, yeah, people do invest in the future for sure. But also, is it is it going to be this reactionary? we may have just gone too far in the wrong direction kind of experience where what do you mean like a last ditch effort to save ourselves yeah, because we're that's realizing that for decades we've been talking about something and not yes, doing anything.
0: That's what's happening now. That's what anything we I've heard. Like, wasn't there an article that said like anything you do now will only be just like to help you die with dignity. You know what I mean? Wow. Like we're all, that's heavy. we're doomed in like the next hundred years. And, oh, like, anything we do, like, there's nothing we could do, unlike save for, like, you know, multinational, national, unilateral, like, coalitions. Nothing will save us. Right. I don't know. I didn't read the article, but I saw the headline. <laughs> there was enough in
1: the headline. It was the New York Post. Um, it had some really great I should, alliteration. I wish,
0: we, you know, yeah, I, I, I'm bad at looking up articles. Not really. I'm, I should look up that article look it up man yeah look it up there's a wealth
1: of information the fact that people are still debating climate change is just funny well it's
0: hard you know it's about language and it's about categories yeah you know thinking about left and right brain people need categories right you feel comfortable with categories
1: right and that you know religion and and science have been at odds for a while now well oddly enough
0: i guess so i guess so um Divergent has to do with categories as well. We like oh, yeah. people; society can function when people understand their role. Right. That's interesting. Yeah. No, I, my whole my whole like undergraduate was about like interrogating categories. Oh yeah. Like that, yeah, and like how language helps us uh, form those categories. <clears throat> so, what do you think? What do you mean? Oh, uh, you know, thinking about like male and female thinking, like thinking about how gender affects language, um, you know, how, uh, like how we even parse sounds into language. Like we, our brain, like in order to like, we, like we, when we're born, we can say all of the, the phonemes that exist on earth. Right. We can any sound in any language the human body can, uh. Like reproduce. Mm-hmm. However, if you don't, you know, live around that language, if that, if certain phonemes don't exist in your language, like, like ra doesn't exist, sure. or ra, ra, you know, like in Hebrew and in French, or, right. you know, we shed them, we like silence them, even though, like, we could do them. At we, what point? Like, at what age does? Well, that when you develop language, when whenever you learn, whenever you learn to be verbal, sure. So but like, like
1: by seven
0: or something. Yeah, or, that I'm not sure. Who knows? Yeah. I'm sure there's a point where maybe eleven to I make bet.
1: that sound is much
0: harder for you. Like, Yeah. Just like,
1: sure, sounds... Oh, yeah, in to... Chinese, yeah. I, like,
0: I have no idea. And it's all about intonation. Yeah. And... Yeah, and like, all these strange, yeah, phonemes we can't make. Um, but I guess, like, sort of using that, then sort of taking that sort of developmental uh, truth and, like, extending it out to... Other silences. This was a class I took about silence. It was very lovely, mm. and sort of silence as like, what do we block? Like, what stimuli do we block out to make sense of like all the information we're receiving?
1: Hmm. Um, I was just having a conversation last night because I was hanging out with some people who speak Irish. And okay, been studying oh, Irish. Oh, sure. You know
0: uh-huh. Gaelic, which is his
1: own. Michael, I'd love exactly. to have Exactly. he's love definitely to you on. if you're listening, Michael Curtin.
0: Michael Curtin.
1: Um, and he pulled out a, a dictionary of words that have made their way into the English language from Irish. And you know, he speaks Irish all the time. So I'm like, what, what? <laughs> um, but we started talking about how, you know, how language has so much to do with history and, and yeah. my, uh, my frame of reference is more, uh, w- w- with respect to romance languages, just, you know, it's all good. Just because it's all
0: good, brother.
1: Um, so you know, speak Spanish, speak English, have a kind of rudimentary sense of French and mm-hmm. a couple other things, but mm-hmm. just to think about a couple other things. No, just you know, I can I can hear Italian and understand a decent okay. amount of what okay. is being said and okay. that that sort of thing, or yeah. read Catalan or something. Sure. You know, so. so, but I think it's so interesting that all of those places, all these different languages, have been so, and and not you know obviously not just restricted to Europe. It's just what I'm more familiar with. Yeah. Um, have been. So densely packed, but actually, for much of human history, there w- weren't a lot of people around, and so people had contact with each other, but enough distance for those language differences to develop. You know, so that like, have you heard Catalan? Yeah, it's it's fascinating, right? Yeah, it yes. sounds like I mean, it's its own thing, but it sounds like a combination of of French, Italian, Spanish. Yes, it, it, yes, yeah. yeah, it's beautiful, but and beautiful. It, it's located right at the crux of these different right, areas, right? right so right. it's like it's sensible that there's enough. Pulling from each of those things, right? But then you have things like Irish or the Basque language, which are completely unique and not like any other language on earth. Basque is crazy. Right. Or you have islands with languages that are now dying off. And it's just... Right.
0: Papua New Guinea was where if you were a young, uh, uh, like, linguist, linguist or, you know, anthropologist, you would have to go there. Yeah. Have to go.
1: Right. And I think nowadays, it's such a globalized, you know, super technological internet-based society for a lot of us oh, that yeah. um, our, our notions of the transference and the evolution of language are different, you know? Like, things didn't move as fast. We didn't have the printed word available for a lot of people until, yeah. <laughs> you know, a few hundred years ago. Gutenberg. Gutenberg. And, and just those kind free. of you know, and didn't have as many people, right? Yeah. And as much travel and as much peop, uh, emig- immigration. Did we I mean, say? Did we say that that MTA stat on the air? I don't think so. Did we? I think so. Did we? Hundreds of millions of more rides this, That's this past year. Oh yeah, I guess we did. You can totally feel it. Yeah, but it's like you know, things move fast now. Yeah, and we have this idea that. Uh, that language has kind of been changing a ton, you know, because it has and it has incorporated tons of different well, English is such a is such a universal language, but it has incorporated so many things from other cultures and you know what I'm saying. But I actually, do. like the process of language evolving has been kind of slow.
0: Maybe. Do you think Not so? Not recently. Not recently. Well, but you, you're saying, saying over time, uh, human history. In I, 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 yeah. yeah, well, things Think are about, yeah, old things are getting more and more compressed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I, I will. So I know I can read Hebrew. I can speak French a little bit. Spanish, I'm very bad at. Mm-hmm. Um, Not really. You, you understand? I understand.
1: Droga de gringo.
0: Oh, droga de gringo. Droga de gringo. <laughs> starts to coffee, lose money. How, how's uh, how's old blue looking?
1: Blue is good. Somebody sent me a little text message just wanted to respond. Oh, nice. You know how that goes. I start duck. to get offended if you're not always available. It's really stupid. I know, man.
0: Texting. Texting is stupid. Texting is stupid. I do it, but you know, that's cuz I'm a hypocrite. Oh, man. What other things are
1: you hypocritical about? Hmm. That's a big question. That's a hard one. That's a hard
0: one. It's not something I think about being all the time. No. I uh, I think about my Soda Stream, which I guess is oh, made in uh, is uh, occupied, occupied Gaza. Uh-huh. And I love my Soda Stream. That's people do. That's that's my hypocrisy.
1: Yeah, don't get another one if it breaks. You're just going to have to go. Yeah,
0: I know it was a gift. It was a gift, a very generous gift.
1: From a Jew, no doubt.
0: No. Oh, wow. No, yeah. Shocking. Yeah.
1: I guess it's not like the. There's not like a restricted use
0: of SodaStream. No. Only Jews allowed. No. Wait, only. I feel like Jews shouldn't. Do you think only Jews should buy SodaStream? I think no one should buy (laughs) SodaStream, man. But
1: since you have one, I'm not kind of like
0: I'm not gonna give you a hard time about it. No, I, just a little, little bit of hard. Time. Yeah, that's fine. I I deserve it. I deserve it. I've been a bad, been a bad hypocrite. hypocrite well, okay, so, so okay.
1: There's a, there's a hypocritical thing if we're talking about ethical purchases or something, right? Like, yeah, we live in a in a globalized capitalist society where everything is being exchanged in this really fucked up system. To the degree that, like. The clothes that I'm wearing right now, like most of the things I own are are manufactured in some other country and then brought here and the markup on them is insane and people are barely able to live, you know, getting paid whatever they get paid a dollar a day or four dollars a day or something, you know, that's absurd. Yeah, most of the world lives on, you know. A few dollars a day. Half the world lives on less than a dollar a day, or something yeah. like that. Jesus. So, like, in ter- and, and I don't eat meat, but you know, not eating meat doesn't do anything to address the international market, right? Know, or the fact you know, the fact that people can can't even afford to bring their own products to market. So it, it makes more sense in a lot of places to discard them. Oh, God. You know, that sort of thing. or oh, are like, God. having to import rice to a country that's made grown rice for hundreds and hundreds of years. I know. Like, that's... I know. That's crazy. It's crazy. Ugh. So, I feel like, okay, I eat vegetables. Vegetables are grown by people who are probably getting chemicals sprayed on them and living in shitty conditions and not getting paid. Right? Yeah. And there's a bunch of genet- genetically modified... Like, the way those major agro-businesses are run is really... Unsustainable to use buzzwords, and you know, just unhealthy. Yeah, for the planet, for humans, for everything. So there's some hypocrisy. I don't want to eat meat because I don't believe in the industrialized meat system, and I, I don't want to participate in that at all. It's just like a a small daily choice that I can make. Yeah. But then I, I make these other choices that are that are equally as damaging, and oh. and there is no moral high ground to, no. to any of our purchases. I don't think. No. I think you can be you can try to be ethical. You can try to you know yeah you use really... that as a as a a real choice that you have purchasing but it's, it's at the in the end it's
0: all part of the same thing oh man so do we we have to we have to revolt hello i guess what do you mean by that i don't know i mean listen i, I personally just want to Strive to do my best, you know. Say the best things as possible. It's hard to know where the the battlegrounds are. You know, is well, it? Well,
1: everyone chooses them for themselves. Okay. Yeah, I know,
0: I know. And I, you or know, I guess. The, what is my what is my battleground? I don't know. What do you think? <sighs> Working with kids, we talked about this a little bit. Working with kids, mm-hmm. uh, art, podcasting, mm-hmm. comedy.
1: You and I were just talking about Baltimore. Yeah, I mean, yeah, really participating in honest—not, I mean, honest conversation. But I, I also think the conversation has its uh, very real limits, and so yeah, in terms of where your power is, where your responsibilities are, um, you know, it can be conversation can be part of that. Yeah, well, it's the beginning. It's be yeah, or and people need to take other sorts of action. Also, yeah. listen, you know, totally, especially for white people, totally open up your ears
0: yeah yeah it's good to listen it's good to listen all the time but in in this situation white people listen oh yeah i I think
1: everyone should be listening to each other
0: as a kind of basic
1: principle totally when it comes to like taking action well sometimes a more important action in a given situation is actually not to be the person taking up all the space yep yep speaking your mind but like oh wait this is not actually my life circumstance and
0: other people are far more immediately impacted by this so let me listen you you said taking up space which is is always a very uh loaded idea for me yeah uh you know i i think i i'm always very concerned about how much space i take up yeah you're uh, in all situations what are you gonna text I'm going to text, like, I'm busy.
1: Can we talk later? Who is it? A friend who's just, like, trying to catch me up on some annoying thing that happened. And I'm like, I can't do this right now. So <laughs> let me just say I can't do it rather than be rude and not respond.
0: <laughs> um, but, you know, I guess maleness and taking up space uh-huh. is something that that I think about a lot. And I don't want to take up too much space. But I also want to take – I I think I I've, I've just – understood that it, it feels good you got to take up some space because you're out you are here you can't take up zero space right so you have to uh you know you have to acknowledge how how your body is in space you have to you have to acknowledge your own sculpture self as it were
1: yeah and i don't think that it's useful at all to be ashamed of yourself or to put a whole no. lot of energy into guilt because no. that doesn't serve anyone
0: no no no, no.
1: But definitely that we don't just walk through the, the world as if it's our own little cozy zone at all times. No. You know, that it's not our, our living room. It's the world is a...
0: Yeah, the world is not our living room. It's oh, not.
1: No. And some people really behave like it is, and it's really obnoxious. It's
0: fascinating. It's fascinating. These, these, these lovely ladies, these four lovely ladies were just walking four abreast. All, like, on the sidewalk, on the street, and, like, they it was a perfect formation. No one could pass. Right. Uh, don't do that.
1: No. People come to the restaurant, and they, they just take up kick their feet up on, on other Oof. chairs or, Oof. you know, just super demanding and push their chairs way back into the only walking space. Yeah. So I'm like, move. Who Who are you? Yeah. This is this is
0: a cramped. There's limited room in this right. town, right?
1: And it's, it's like all about self-importance, right? right? That's The deal with any of these really privileged situations, right. It's like you think that you're super special and that you're naturally p- powerful and more talented and more w- deserving than other people. Yeah. Entitled. Yeah. For short. Yeah. And the, and just like walk through expecting people to kiss your feet.
0: Yeah. I think it, it seems like a question that i have is like how do you convince people that white supremacy is alive and well and that it should be should be taken a look at and dare i say destroyed dare dare um i don't know i mean if you don't
1: see it then you're you got problems right right
0: you got to show people so you got to show people white supremacy
1: i don't see how you could not see that unless you're completely avoiding it you know i think a lot of people are actively i
0: think a lot of people are actively trying to not see it yeah sure a lot of people yeah yeah i mean i agree with you but i but i also see like probably i don't know the other half of people sure actively avoiding seeing it
1: but then it's the responsibility of white people in particular to engage with those folks okay you know as is often said, like, get at your own people. Yeah. Because why should that be the responsibility of a person of color in a room who's like, oh, I've got to teach you about you now and mm. deal with your, your tears and your defensiveness and your whatever, you know? It's yeah. like your opinions and your middle school experience. And no, it's like, it's not about that. What's yeah. happening in Baltimore is about people standing up for their basic right to be alive.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah.
1: And acknowledging over 400 years of continuous suppression. It's like this isn't, things didn't, it didn't end, and then things got better, but we're still in this murky territory. We're trying to figure things out. No, it's a continuum. We're just only living through a certain generation of it because that's the only experience that we have. That's right. Or for, or only firsthand experience, so.
0: When we were talking earlier, I really liked what you said about uh, this notion of a continuum, and I, I actually had not thought about that before. And it's extremely helpful. Yeah. It, it, nothing has ended. No. There's just, you know, a little, maybe a few grains of sand chipped away. Right. And in terms of the relationship between this country
1: and black people, well, shit. Right. The country was founded on stealing land. Right. And stealing people, kidnapping people it, by the millions from yeah. Africa and bringing them here to work. Yeah. It, the whole system was built around racism. Yeah. And that racism was specifically
0: targeting black people. Yeah. Racism is marketing, as this lovely uh guardian video says.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I think that those are the roots of this country. That's you know, true, not, yeah. Not the land per se, but like Well, the organization, the, no, the, the bureaucracy. Of yeah yeah so the state right. our state the whole the state. infrastructure, yeah, and in fact, the only reason the, the u s is as wealthy as it is is all built on slavery on, right on, on primitive accumulation of free labor, and we also have quite a few resources, yeah, but we have those resources because people worked for free, right, you know right, for hundreds of years, right, and built all of this shit up, and yeah. so they, the the u s is able to compete better than people who had to pay workers even if those workers were exploited around the world you know it's like it's not like the labor labor history in any country has been particularly great right but oh, man. here we have a system where it's like okay we enslave black people african people like bar the speaking of their languages or the propagation of any unique regional culture make you learn a, a certain version of Christianity that's all about how slavery is natural and you are a, you are base and vile and you should love your oppressor. You know, that's yeah. like super oversimplification, but you set up a system where people are supposed to hate themselves yeah. and love their oppressor and, yeah. and enshrine their own perpetual oppression, like, you know, like Willie Lynch. Yeah, then we have this war that's ostensibly supposed to end slavery, but then, you know, it's really not about having people be equal or or economically powerful, right? So you put people back, you know, it's like put people in the convict lease system, put them in the chain gang, put them back back in prison, right? Sharecropping, put them, make them beholden and in debt to the to people who they, whose land they were working for free before. Make vagrancy and not having a A job, uh, you know, and being in a group of more than three, and being out after dark, and make a million things that are total bullshit crimes. Lock people up. You have a new slave labor force. Like, you know, there's a short period of of reconstruction where things were potentially looking a little better, and then you have the rise of the Klan, right? And and complete terrorist state. That I mean, like terrorism. Actually, it's funny that we talk about it so much because terrorism. Has its its roots in this country, in the fucking mass slaughter of Native American people and the terror of African peoples, mostly, not exclusively, but you know, it's built around that. So the, we come to now, like it's not, you know, then we have the segregation and the civil rights movement and the Black Power movement and CoIntelPro. You're just like everything, just leads from one thing to the next, not totally. In a causal no. pattern, and I'm starting to to ramble a bit. But no, no, listen, it's all saying, very important. It's yeah, very I'm important. I I can't help but see those direct ties all along the way. And there's a there's a there's ties in terms of the history and the institutions that have evolved to kind of subsume any social changes. Right, every time there's some there's some progress, well, the system finds a way to adjust to it, but also to to make things look better, right? Um, and then the economics of the whole thing, because that hasn't really changed. So that's where I look at something like the protests in Baltimore and people saying, oh, you shouldn't riot, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, you have no right to legislate someone else's self-defense. Right. You know, totally. self-determination. That is actually, that is a very oppressive kind of ideology to, to spout,
0: and it's, it's a lie. Right. So. Well, prayers for those in Baltimore. You know, hoping, hoping, hoping this helps. You know, this is more grains of sand.
1: Do you, m- you mean people resisting people? Yeah. Protesting. Yeah. That it helps.
0: That it helps. It helps dismantle white supremacy.
1: Yeah, I hear you. I think that that's ultimately white people's job, right? Like, white people created white supremacy. It's, yeah. it's our job to eradicate it. Yeah, all like right. We you, you can't leave that up to other people because, like, you know, if black people had their way, there probably wouldn't be white supremacy.
0: Totally. Right. Totally. So white people and have
1: I, an investment in, in
0: keeping it. And I, I feel like a lot of white people would also not like, don't like white supremacy. For sure. Like a lot of them, but a lot of them, you know. But so... I'm Absol- thinking, uh, yeah, I'm thinking about applied theater, thinking uh-huh. about talking to white people. <laughs> okay. Uh, not that that's what applied theater only is, but it is, a, it is a, a method, it is a convention. We have to talk to white people and all people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm thinking about dystopia. I do, wanna, I do want you to talk about your thesis project because I think it's real cool. Uh-huh. And I think that, frankly, I mean, it is, it is important work, and it, it's work that I I hope that I get to keep doing in my life. Mm-hmm. Thinking about process drama specifically. Love me some process drama. Yeah, man, it's real cool. Tell us about your your process drama. Oh goodness, well let's keep let's keep that part
1: short because I don't like to think about my thesis too much. Yeah, man, just tell <laughs> us,
0: just give us give
1: us a taste. So um, there was a couple things happening in the project because we were partnered. Me. Uh, and my colleagues, Heather Nielsen and Oscar Trujillo, were partnered with a organization that's a teen sexual health center in Brooklyn um, and a center for peer health educators. So it's mostly teenagers, right, who are, go to this program and learn how to be peer health educators, learn about safe sex practices and about, you know, Condoms and drug use and getting tested and a lot of issues affecting young people and actually, you know, in a situation where AIDS is, is actually on the rise in, in some of these communities in Brooklyn and, and throughout the country. But, you know, it's like they're dealing with issues that are very pertinent to their communities. Um, And so... We partner with them and they're like, we do these open mics where we do theatrical performances, dance, sp- a spoken word, and we're looking to make those a little bit more interactive because they do them with young pe- like young people lead them and perform for and with other young people. And so we had some contacts at, at Project Safe, Project Read Youth, it's got a couple of names, um, and they were really excited to have us come in. So we decided to do kind of a combination of process drama which is you know for for folks who don't know just generally about uh it, it's an interactive episodic kind of drama where people rather than be an audience from the on the outside to a drama participate in it and take on a role in some kind of um like structured but improvised drama where you're making decisions about uh, an issue and having to make choices about something and really interrogate different questions about what it means to be a person in that situation. Love so, that, Deaf. Love it. You know, that's kind of like... There, there, are certain, there are other characteristics of process drama that kind of make it what it is. Yeah,
0: you're in role. You're in role. You improvise a little bit. Right. You make decisions. Right. And it does have an episodic structure that could
1: shift. Totally. Know? And there's generally a facilitator in role who's guiding yes. people through the process and helping to endow that role. Sort of, of like choose
0: whatever. your own adventure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of feel. Yeah, exactly. But it's so, super cool. It's super cool.
1: So we were gonna do Professor yeah. and do some um, theater of the oppressed work coming out of um, Brazil. The the Oh yeah. Tell main us, tell that us about that thing, Augusto Boal. Um, Augusto. So, you know, using theater as a process through which people can interrogate their own experiences of oppression and through through theater, through the artifice, um, posit alternative sort of outcomes for a given situation so you're experiencing some oppression you interrogate it in the world of drama and find possible solutions to whatever whatever conflict whatever problem you're looking at let's say as a as a example i think we've both experienced like workers trying to organize in a, in a messed up kind of factory situation where people are being asked to do unpaid work on the weekends and yeah. rat on other people and make <laughs> lists of like the agitators. So that's like an example, right? <laughs> yeah. So you have to, um, in, in the process of doing it, you, you would play out a scene, you play out. So this is forum theater, which is a particular part of theater, of the oppressed. but you'd play something out where there's oppression taking place and usually a very clear oppressor and a, oppressed characters and then replay the action afterwards and invite the audience. People do it differently, but invite the audience to pause the action at some point and intervene, usually for this protagonist person who's being oppressed uh, rather than the oppressor character, so that that the protagonist can do something else in the situation. If they're being oppressed, how can they... Say something differently, access different kind of allies or resources or, you know, stand up for themselves or whatever that is. Like, yes,
0: something to do and some, as opposed to something not to do.
1: Oh, yes. So positing different possible solutions, even if it's not an immediate solution. Totally. And then being able to look at all those different things and apply those to the real world. So like, that's, the, that's the long way around is that you're using the artifice of the stage to practice for the real world and take those ideas back into your own lives. Because so, the oppression should be that you interrogate, should be actually something that is coming out of your own experience, mm-hmm. coming out of your own community. Mm-hmm. So, we were looking at how to put process drama and uh, forum theater specifically into a kind of workshop model that could support the peer health educators we were working with in gaining some kind of experience and, and techniques so that they could make their uh, open mics more interactive. So, that was the basic framework. And so, we were working with them first for some some weeks and actually got hired by the same organization to work with them for the the, to run the theater group for the summer which was super fun um and then my thesis it's funny i said i didn't want to talk a lot about this but then you have to kind of you you got to describe these are unique theatrical forms that are very educationally kind of community-based so my thesis was about how to combine process drama and forum theater into a single kind of experience. Oh, and those, those things have been right. explored to different kinds of degrees before, but I was like, okay, how can you really integrate this into a... Wait, can fully? I read your thesis? Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, it might not be that interesting, but you can. Mm. It's very it's very mm. formal in terms of form. It's like, you know, a lot of people are mm. talking about my applied theater workshop will have this kind of effect. I'm like, I'd, I'm putting some stuff together and seeing what happens. Um, so of course I'm very much I was very much thinking about this this very specific experience yeah. that the peer health educators were having were having, but it was also like how do I combine forms? It's fascinating. So to make it really relevant to what they're doing, and we we talked to a number of the kind of youth leaders of the of the organization in the development of this idea, but uh I kind of spearheaded the creation with with Oscar and Heather of a integrated process drama forum that was about these fictional cities, like Twin Cities, uh, Carpos and Amora. Carpos you know? and Amora. Yes, so you know, fictional cities. One where, but they had been at war with each other a hundred years before, and one was much more wealthy. You know, it's almost like the Hunger Games, actually. <laughs> now that but only, I, now that I think only about two it. sectors, though. Right, of course, and, I, and, I, and we wrote it before The Hungry Games came out. Yeah. But I, you know, just, <laughs> just to not be accused of stealing ideas. Um, where one is a very wealthy city and a lot of people commute or leave Amora to go to Karpos and work. Right, And there's a lot of hostility, a lot of xenophobia in Karpos against the people of Amora. And then this new disease emerges that is at first apparently only being seen in people from Amora... Called the Mora X, so it's named after them, and this is t- completely patterned off of, of the emergence of HIV/AIDS in the United States and the hysteria and the the um, homophobia and anti-Haitian um, backlash. All oh, these things. anti-Haitian? Yeah. So, like, you know, the, the HIV, especially in its early days, went through a number of uh, different phases where people were calling it different things, didn't know what it was, and we're seeing uh, seeing it pop up in different groups of people. And so Haitians were an early group of people who were being uh, seen to be susceptible Whoa. to HIV. So, you know, it's, it's there was a lot of hysteria, which is one of the things that we kind of wanted to focus on in this. How do people make rational decisions and, and, um, and make decisions that affect their neighbors and people they know in this kind of situation? So then people, we had everybody in, in the peer health edu- educator group enroll as employees of a hospital in carpos and they had like different they got packets and they'd be in groups and decide what is their role like somebody's a surgeon somebody's like a, a medical aide somebody you know whatever they decided their own their own role and age and relationships within that team so there was like a, a pediatrics team and a. a uh, uh, uh like an emergency team, uh, surgery. There's different things. So, this this disease comes out, and, and ultimately, over the course of different kind of major decisions, they have to decide whether to treat people uh, from Amora or completely bar them from the hospital like i mean there were different things that came up some people were like we should quarantine them completely and no they shouldn't be allowed to have any access to the hospital whatsoever because they might have it and other you know so it's really interesting it's like and it brought up a lot of stuff people started talking about the holocaust and about other things that it made them think of when we were reflecting on it afterward so i just think that process drama particularly i'm not going to get it too
0: much about how the two are blended because
1: that's a whole thing but
0: um, Read the thesis Can we way. Can we see it anywhere Is it in uh, It the, is in Chris Vine's office Chris I Vine's office yeah. Check it out The 101 you know, 31st West 31st Street Academic program director Sixth of, floor of the Creative arts team Check it out Take the elevator up You gotta get an ID At the front desk Yes yes Masters in applied theater M-A- So Anyway it, I think it was just a, It was
1: a cool opportunity To dig into some real stuff About how people Are with each other And make pressured decisions And, and it was a lot of open-ended questions, and for folks who are looking at issues of of health and safety and, and how to make challenging decisions that aren't just, like, don't have sex or don't do drugs, you know, it's like, no, their decision-making is much more complicated than that, and I think that this process did help to support, like, looking at some of those different questions.
0: And Max, for me, the the most exciting thing, and I don't know, perhaps the, one of the effective things you'll have to say if this is true, but like that, it is set in a fantasy world. That it's in this dystopia, gives you sort of this this distance to think critically about the situation. Like you are having the emotions, but you're noticing you're having these uh, emotions. Metaxis. Yes. Is, yes. Uh oh. Oh, blue. Let it go. Um, and um. Yeah, I just think that's so, so cool. And I was telling you about this play that I had trouble with uh, nearby, uh, which is uh, at the, the Culture Project. I, I don't know if it's called that still. Right. But, uh, you know, it's basically these real survivors of sexual violence telling their real stories, like, in front of you. Right. and. You know, it's extremely powerful and it makes you feel sick about it, but it doesn't give you the space to think critically. Like, I really, you know, I was definitely riled up and felt all these things, but I, for me, like, you know, there's, there's that question of, like, what happens next? Right. And I really was craving it, and I wanted, I don't know, I guess I wanted some sort of closure there, you know. There was this scene, I may have talked about this before, but... There was a scene where they're washing this this woman who was gang raped on a Delhi Mm. bus. They're washing her body to prepare her for burial, Mm. and like if the audience was like invited to participate in that like ritual, like I would have loved that. (sighs) I mean, it would have been really hard, but um, I don't know. There was just like there there was a yearning to have some sort of closure to do something, actually. (sighs) Um, but what what's also really cool about uh, process drama is you do get to do something. Maybe I don't know, like I, just knowing the of that feeling that you get to make a decision, you get to to live as as these characters lived is so powerful and so interesting. I, I definitely agree that th- to have that firsthand
1: experience and to be able to couple your kind of you said metaxis right the internal experience of doing the thing and then thinking about it from. The outside, like wearing a different hat and mm-hmm. looking at it from the outside, having the intellectual and the emotional connection through that experience as well. But you know, in terms of process drama and this, this play you're talking about, which I was saying, seems like a t- kind of testimonial theater. Yes, but, as you said, yeah. Um, that neither one necessarily gives you any answers, right? Totally, like it may just leave you with some questions that you totally. have to deal with. Totally, like you might not have closure about anything because there is no closure about sexual violence or a lot of these big human issues. Totally. So, you know, how, how do we come away from something like that? What, what do we do with it? You know, what questions do we ask ourselves? How does that plant seeds in our own lives? If it does at all, you know, yeah. What effect does it have? And like, I hear you and just kind of being emotionally overwhelmed by certain pieces. I think sometimes that is the explicit, Objective of certain yeah. pieces of theater, yeah, um, to make you feel something, totally. and to, uh, or to overload your senses, and and I don't necessarily think it's anyone's job to like give you a way to deal with that or give you
0: a target, right? No the thing to do next, like no. actually, no. We have to figure that out. Certainly, certainly, no one. And it's is, art. Uh, absolutely, no one is to, supposed to give you the next step. But I guess like. Uh, I I would sort of hope for a level of care. Like, when you go and, like, pay money for an experience, you know what I mean? You're, like, there's a certain... I mean, you enter into a, a sort of dance. Like, you... I don't know. Like, you don't go somewhere to unconsensually feel bad. You know what I mean? Like, you know, and I, I'm not saying entertained, but at least, like, cared for. And, like, I didn't feel cared for in this show. How do you mean? You know what I mean? Meaning, like, there was no like there was no way to channel all of these emotions. Like you, you know, you like it's, like we were like we were watching these women essentially be re-traumatized and like you imagine there's a woman who was very badly scarred you know someone had thrown kerosene on her and lit her on fire so she was like this really like scarred person she was the real woman Mm -hmm. you know and she basically retells her story and and she can't speak english so this guy is translating it for her and and she just breaks down weeping like during the story because it's this horrible story and you know this play has been touring around the world so this woman is breaking down crying every like you know what a hundred performance like you know it's like super intense mm-hmm. and like who is taking how is she taking care of herself i hope she is i she's supposedly a healer uh right. so you know i just like i wanted like i didn't feel safe because i'm like watching this like super real thing um You know, it'd it'd be one thing if there was, you know, as we talk about in class, this aesthetic distance, you know. Right. But, like, this was super, I mean, I don't know. It just was like,
1: oh, no. Well, I didn't see it, but it sounds like it's really about the the performers, people who have endured these experiences, being able to open up about that. Yeah. That's the main purpose, and to have those stories out in the world and have people really deal with it and look at yeah. it, out, right
0: yeah it's hard to deal with i mean yeah you know
1: but like in terms of whether they were taken care of one would hope that they weren't coerced to do it or yeah. that it wasn't traumatizing re-traumatizing to the point of being super unhealthy yeah but that it was actually if this person is a healer or people have other ways of um of processing their experiences that it's yeah. that it's a a healing experience you know yeah in some way. I'm sure it's both at times. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not one of, it's of hard to performers. No, but, no. Um, but, you know, it's an interesting question because all theater is different. Some of it is about real stuff. and Yeah. Um, and it has a different purpose. Like some of it is very much about Getting the audience to think and, and asking questions and being very direct. And some of it is about the experiences of their performers telling their own story. Like I think yeah. about one person shows yeah. where people write about their own lives. Totally. And are like, this horrible thing happened to me totally. or, or whatever. Like, I'm going to talk about myself and my family and my life. Yeah. One time I bought an five half.
0: different colored fanny packs.
1: Right. No, although his stories are a little, but his a lot of my friend Josh's stuff is about his experiences with mental illness. Okay, he's bipolar. Mm-hmm. He's um, known that ever since I've I've known him, mm-hmm. and has really had to take control of his life in very particular ways to to be a healthy person. Yeah. Um, and he's amazing. He's an amazing performer, but like his stuff, it's not it's not like it's not about anybody else. There are certain universal themes that come out in in storytelling and theater, but you know, it's about him one person shows and that kind of stuff. They're about you. Yeah. And people come to watch it and they, they may connect with a common experience in that. But so I just think there's lots of theater that is about me telling my story and here I am like, take it or leave it, you know, that's really up to you. Yeah. Um, so I think it's interesting to talk about what are the different reasons that a certain story gets told in a particular way and those techniques, what are the effect of those techniques but then this thing about taking care of people, I don't often feel like I, I mean, I have felt taken care of in certain sense in some process dramas, but I don't often feel like I go and watch a play and I'm often taken care of. Like I saw
0: on Octoroon. Yeah, tell me about tell me about that. Uh, a couple times.
1: Incredible play. Yeah. Theater um, for a new audience. Brendan Jacobs. Brendan Jacobs Jenkins. Jenkins. My, uh, you know, one of my favorite contemporary playwrights. For real, um, it was great. I saw it twice, um, but it's a play that's taking, uh, like, it's structured in such a way that the playwright is a character who's at the very top of the play, talking about, you know, his experiences and, and kind of narrating a, a conversation between he and a therapist that was pretty screwed up, mm. and talking about like this person, the therapist, being like, "Well, who's somebody who's a playwright that you admire?" and he's like, "Uh." Oh. And then talks about this playwright who wrote a play back in the day, a minstrel show called an Octoroon mm-hmm. that for its time, I suppose was somewhat progressive because it's about, um, a person, an Octoroon being somebody who's an eighth black. right? Um, and she and a white guy like falling in love and, you know, a whole, it's a long story, but the, uh, this play like reproduces a lot of the actual scenes and text of, in melodrama of the original play. Yeah. On stage in a melodramatic form, super over the top, and then has other scenes that he's Brandon Jacobs Jenkins has written himself. Um it, it's just brilliant because it's he disarms people with comedy. Mm. And it's very conscious, I think, of who's who comes to see theater and who's in the audience, mm-hmm. and so people are just like laughing about all this very very stereotypical stuff, in part because the the form melodrama and you know, this kind of comedy is mm-hmm. so physical and, and so that's catching like the form is funny, but then the content is suddenly flipped on its head, and is very serious times. yeah yeah right but but people are still laughing, and they don't you know I think that was such an interesting experience, because I felt like, okay. He's fucking with people right now. Yeah. And like whether you are aware of what's going on right now or not, there's this crazy dynamic where you're not just watching a play. You're in an audience with human beings experiencing an event. Mm -hmm. And you're very, uh, I was very conscious of that. So I think that's so interesting too. Hmm. When you're not just like left with a question, but you're being challenged. You're being being challenged in the moment and not in a somewhat Brechtian way, but also in a kind of different, way that's super cool. where where form and content are competing with each other and one is being used to disarm people and get people kind of vulnerable yeah getting people laughing and then there's like you know an image of a lynching projected on stage yeah or there's something where somebody says i you know i've been free and i'm going to be a slave how am i supposed to how am i supposed to deal with that just in a very you know it's like i'm not doing it justice but but says something really real and vulnerable and human right after something else that was over the top and ridiculous. And I think that kind of thing is really interesting too. Hmm. Where you do, where you mess with people, you know, it's like so many things have already been done in theater. So
0: what else are you going to do? Like, yeah, not that theater should be to fuck with people, but no, but I mean, it's a powerful form because you're there, you know, it's not a movie. There are these living people who are there, and all these other living people, like t- there to see them. Right. There, it's a privilege to be there. Yeah, it's expensive. Yes, uh, and um, yeah, no, totally. You, uh, you're getting into the theater. You're getting back into the theater. Yes. Yeah, taking the you know
1: been doing the teaching artist thing for several years now, and came to that. Came to like applied theater and the the masters that we went to. Very much because I'm like, okay, I don't want to, be, I don't want to be famous. Like my ba- my background is in acting for the most part. And so totally. Some directing, but mostly, and some design, but mostly acting. But I'm, I came to this point where I'm like, okay, I don't need to be on Broadway or in Hollywood or do any of this stuff or be mm-hmm. known in a in a particularly gross way that celebrity in this country is. I hear is you. All revolved around. I hear you. I had no interest in that. So. I was like, okay, well, what am I trying to do as an artist? What is what matters to me? What how do I want to spend my life? And so I came to a point of being like, okay, well, I really want to engage in things that are community based and that are like have some kind of educational political value, or and that are moving, thing, you know, that are like dealing with contemporary issues and responsive, and maybe like street theater that, that, that's moving stuff forward. You know, it's participating in the culture. Um, but in doing so, I I moved away from acting. You know, I started doing facilitation and teaching artists work in classrooms that is very much about supporting other people's experiences and learning. And not to say that that's not a creative endeavor or a learning endeavor for the facilitator or teaching artist. But I stopped acting to the same degree or or stopped acting mostly in a way that didn't serve a direct kind of educational function. Right. Like as I'm creating a scene about this particular literacy scale or, or to support this kind of literacy scale with middle schoolers. That's the most of the acting that I've been doing. So I just came to this point where I'm like, I'm not fueling my own creative energies to the same degree. I'm not really going for that thing. And even if I don't want to be famous, I I feel like I have to give it a shot, you know, whatever it is theater, Mm -hmm. theater, making acting. It might be all about creating a lot of my own projects with, with friends and colleagues and doing something still. That's a little funky or off the, the main path the beaten path, you know? So I don't know what that's going to look like. I'm thinking about auditioning, you know, yeah. which is terrifying. Yeah, you gotta. Uh, you know, but also because, like, I've been in a place where <coughs> people are not really competing against each other in the same way that that whole world is structured around. Yeah. But I want to do it, you know? Oh, that's so and exciting. Take that's, a leap and just give it a shot. It is so exciting. Yeah. I think that's wonderful. So I'm learning, my, you know, got a new monologue. Hell yeah. From well, Othello. Can you... Can you give us a little? Can I, can I give us a little? Give us a little monologue? Oh, my goodness. It's like a voiceover. Yeah. I just learned it, so I don't even know if I remember all the words, but it's from Iago. Okay. Um, and it's a point where he's really set things up for like all the other characters to, to go at each other. Okay. Um, so he says, and what's he then that says, I play the villain? When this advice is free, I give an honest, probable to thinking, and indeed the course to win the more again. Tis most easy, the inclining Desdemona, to subdue in any honest suit. She's framed as fruitful as the free elements. And then for her to win the more were to renounce his baptism, all seals and symbols of redeemed sin. His, his soul is so infettered to her love that she may make, unmake, do what she list, even as her appetite shall play the God with his weak function. How, then, am I a villain to counsel Cassio to this parallel course, directly to his good? Divinity of hell. When devil's will the blackest sins put on, they do suggest at first with heavenly shows, as I do now. For whiles this honest fool plies Desdemona to repair his fortunes, and she for him pleads strongly with the more, I'll pour this pestilence into his ear. That she repeals him for her body's lust. And by how much she strives to do him good, she shall undo her credit with the more. So shall I turn her virtue into pitch. And out of her own goodness, make the net that shall enmesh them all. Oh, <laughs> oh thank you. <laughs> really, I was just trying to remember the words. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So, you know. Wow. man. He's basically just saying. Yeah. Like, he's going to pit everybody against
0: each other. Yeah, so well, that, I'll pour some pestilence in right his right ear.
1: Right. Because... You know the story? A little bit. Well, so. So, like. So, Othello's this Moor. Oth- Oth- Othello, yeah, and he's the general. Okay, right? yeah. And then, um, Iago gets passed up to be a lieutenant okay. for this guy, Cassio, who, you know, by Othello. Othello appoints Cassio to be the lieutenant, and Iago's like, that's really screwed up. He's not qualified. That should have been me. I see. Meanwhile, Desdemona is, and Othello are in love with each other. Yep. And so. Uh, it's it's
0: complicated because it's Shakespeare. What, you know, he, what he just, war is happening? Oh goodness, I don't even. But there is there, and it's just like a military kind of thing. Yeah, like exactly, like
1: they're all they're all in the military. Yeah, and so um, Iago basically sets it up so that Cassio gets really drunk um, and gets in a fight with somebody, like an important. I think it might actually have been the mayor, and like stabs him. Mm. This is like passing over a, p- a bunch of stuff, sure. simplifying the whole thing. But so he's completely discredited and loses his rank. Yeah, and then um, Cassio, Cassio, and then and then Iago suggests to Cassio that he work through Desdemona because she's so close to Othello and try mm-hmm. to like win him uh, back into his to Othello's favor. Okay, through Desdemona. Okay. Meanwhile. Um, Iago's telling Othello that they're basically messing around with each other, oh man, and so, as Desdemona tries to plead <coughs> cassio 's case, Iago's making it look to Othello like they're like sleeping together and yeah. being unfaithful, yeah so the whole thing unravels in like you know. Everybody basically dies, and it's super intense. And eventually, Iago's plot is uncovered after El kills kills himself, and you know most people die. Then he's put to death, and it's like super dramatic thing. But at this point, I really look at this monologue. It's it's very interesting. I look at the first half where where he's um, basically saying. I think he talks about um, halfway through. When devils will the blackest sins, yeah. put on they do suggest at first with heavenly shows, yeah, as I do now. Yeah. I think the first half is him, like, with hev- you know, putting on these heavenly shows of being a good person, sure, and saying, and and, and what's he then that says, I play the villain, you yeah, know, I'm, I'm an honest guy. When the, when this advice is free, I give and it's honest, probable to thinking, and indeed, the course to win the more like it is the thing mm-hmm. to win the, this guy, and he just says, like, Desdemona is a totally honorable person. Right, and then for her to win, Othello is super easy. His soul is so infettered to her love; like mm-hmm. he'll, he'll do anything for her, including, including renounce his baptism. Mm-hmm. Whoa! And then to counsel Cassio to kind of like step in and use Desdemona to appeal to Othello, natural. And then he's like, "Well, actually, as all of this is happening, I'm gonna I'm gonna pour this pestilence into Othello's ear and screw everybody up so that they all
0: destroy each other." Yeah. What's it's your really up. What's your dream role? I don't really know. That's a hard question. I've seen you as a as a captain. Yes. Uh, taking a taking the first person, the first immigrant to America, captain of that ship. Yes. I'm just
1: noticing that Jack is in his own cozy area, trying to toast a bagel without making too much noise. But he really doesn't have to worry about. Yeah, that. he doesn't have
0: to worry about it. It's so quiet. Yeah. yeah jack has been unbelievably quiet with that bagel yes unbelievable
1: yeah i was working with um uh, a company called organic magnetics yes jack's favorite uh company name of all time (laughs) correct um no comment on a production that's called i am new york juan rodriguez juan rodriguez exactly this is that r sound um And about the first non-native settler to New York, who was from the island of La Española and was apparently of uh, mixed descent. He was Taino and African and Spanish. Mm -hmm. And so he was in our story. I mean, there are some records of him. It's that they're incomplete, but he was coerced basically by this Dutch captain to come to New York to to translate and to trade with the Lenape and then stayed, but he was, and he was a free man. He demanded a payment of 80 hatchets and a musket and a sword and, mm-hmm. um, and stayed by himself while the Dutch like went back to Europe and then, you know, and then returned and developed uh, a relationship with the Lenape and was trading with them. And then basically the Dutch came back and tried to force him to leave and he fought them off and like injured several of them and, you know, so he's this figure in New York history who's becoming a little bit better known, and there's like there's a Juan Rodriguez way uptown. Mm-hmm. Um, there've been some celebrations honoring him, in this play is about kind of that's awesome the the multiplicity of, of New York experiences and, and cultures and and trying to honor uh, honor his history and the kind of Dominican history in that particular way.
0: I love, I loved the play. I loved you in it. Oh
1: goodness. Yeah. We just recently did a, a shorter version for children at El Museo del Barrio. Oh, a couple of weeks ago.
0: Oh, nice. That was fun. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's a great space in El Museo. They have
1: events called Super Sabado.
0: Uh huh. I saw that. So did a little performance for very that. Very cool. There goes
1: the toaster. Boom. Living on bagels around here. That's a very New York
0: experience. Bagels are delicious. These are, these are not bad. You were down on these, but I, I liked yeah, them. they just a little squishy. A little squishy. That's yeah. okay. Um. All right, Max, I think um, it's time to sort of disclose why I really Uh-oh. brought you here today. uh yeah, is. Did I the... win some kind of sweepstakes? You it? won a sweepstakes. You did. Oh. Um, I got a letter. I'm actually a, a representative of the Cozy Zone Foundation. What? Um, which is a it's a large foundation. Uh, they have a lot of money. Right. Um, and they, they really are concerned with uh, collaborative art projects, uh-huh. really high-quality collaborative art projects. They sent me a letter that, uh, you know, asked uh, me to collaborate with you, Max Forman-Mullen. Oh, yeah? Um, and we get, we get as much money as we can request. Like, we have to create a budget, but it's really, like, there's no, there's no ceiling to get this money. Unlimited funds okay. to create a collaborative art project. But the only, the only thing is we need to be in com- agreement and compliance. We have to agree on this right. art project. So it has to be collaborative. Cool. What would we do? I mean, you came here knowing you were going to pitch that. So, would you got an idea? I, I hadn't really thought about it. I mean, you know, listening to you speak, you know, I I love the idea of dystopia. I love the idea of process drama. Uh-huh. I mean, I you know, I love. I think we're both in a place where we'd want to exercise our performative chops. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. um, there's something about there's like how could we have a large-scale process drama, like, about a dystopian future. Like, could we take over a building? Could we have, like, a huge, like, sleep no more, like, bureau? <laughs> you know, I guess the first question is, like, what... what do, I, I, I'm interested in dystopia very much. Me too. And I wonder what our, our shared vision of dystopia might be. Like, what aspect of society? I mean, yeah would we I'm dystope. it's hard to isolate
1: one thing, but certainly I'm very interested in sort of the ecological consequences mm. okay.
0: of our current state of being. So okay. I mean, that be something interested in exploring. And okay. You know. So, so we're going to be, we're living in a world with like very little water, right? right. So there's, there's little water um, there. I mean, uh, where would food come from? Like, is this very much in the future? Where are we thinking like the road are we thinking like Mad Max, <laughs> you know, this New kind of thing coming out? Yeah, I know. Good.
1: Yeah. Well, I think that uh, the interesting thing to me about a lot of dystopias is that they're at an intersection of multiple, multiple different issues. So totally. It's like often looking at what, it, what might be the future of race and gender totally. relationships. Totally. And, and sort of economic stratification and the ecological crisis. So, um, who knows what it, it and dystopia but is there a way to posit an alternate future that is positive Mm. you know so maybe you know look at california right sure drought and famine drought and famine and basically california provides the crops for at least the the fruits and vegetables and nuts for the world and the united states huge part of the country yeah like 95 percent of a bunch of things come from california totally so in that
0: context like what will the future of agriculture great look look great. like so right? then, yeah totally so farms and like food production right. is very like militarized i would imagine like, maybe right. I feel like they would be heavily guarded, and like there would be these little oases of like agriculture, uh-huh. like these plantations. Maybe sure, or maybe things are are structured in a di- where there's like zones, like regional
1: zones. So instead of having your your crops go all the way across the country, right? Certain things are consolidated in totally. A, and actually, that's something that you that me and uh, someone that you know, Mark Dones, uh, have talked about. Mark Dones. Mark Dones. Uh. He, he's he's talked a lot about. Agricultural zones is a kind of different way of being and especially since we have these urban centers using land around that to really to really feed that area as opposed to being transported, you know, with, with fossil fuels hundreds and
0: thousands of miles away. So I'm picturing like pirates, people who are disrupting oh, this process, like sure, sure, or trying sure. to like intercept the like mm. food deliveries like you know, maybe they're like, there's this crazy, like, outlying zone, and people like come in and. Sounds like Hunger Games. It's similar to Hunger Games. 13th district. Maybe. <laughs> it is, I guess, sort of like the 13th district, but I feel like there's less. Uh, are they below the earth? Is that the thing? Oh, yeah. In which? In, in Hunger Games, yeah.
1: There's like, they're all the way underground. In that last one, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's how they went unseen. Right. I guess. Right. Then um, I also think about something like. Monsanto. Totally. And all there's all their stuff about totally. seeds. Yeah. Orcs like, and Crake. Oh god. Thinking
0: about you that? Read that. Oh yeah. Chicky knobs. Chicky knobs. Oh. Ugh. Gross.
1: Are you rather year of the flood? No. There's a good one. Orcs and Crake is better, but um also yeah think about you know like monsanto they'll sue you and like try to take your land if their seeds yes they're super creepy totally monster seeds blow into your field yeah yeah yeah. people like i don't even want this stuff i've been you know we've we've had our seeds in the family for generations yeah yeah totally so like and i think actually we have been in a a period of global abundance for many many years like we have so much poverty and starvation but actually everybody could be well fed very
0: easily. We just
1: so fucking wasteful.
0: I think we should make a film. It shouldn't be a process drama. It should probably be a motion picture, like a feature. Yeah. Motion picture. So I think the thing about like
1: scarcity in the future and the control of seed would be very very interesting. You know, there are places where they stockpile
0: seeds And all kinds of different
1: plants and trees and
0: So I'm picturing like controls the food supply. Totally. Like a desert landscape with like biodomes with like these different regions. Like everything, like when you're outside of these like don't like I imagine like, you know, like the ozone layer is completely fucked. Like there's radioactivity everywhere. Like to go outside is extremely like taxing. And maybe we've sent millions of people to Mars. Maybe they all died. Like. Yeah, like that's, and so like maybe this is like post like Mars genocide and like people are still trying to like hang out on Earth with these biodomes of agriculture. Right. And like, yeah, I mean, Monsanto are like these gangsters, sort of like Water World, like the smokers. Mm-hmm. Oh, water World is so, instead of Water World, it's, uh, oh, I guess everything would be dry. There'd be no what? more water. But there are a lot of, uh, there's a lot of ice yeah. on Earth.
1: And, You know, I think a lot of this stuff has already been of posited in other kinds of yeah. Science well, fiction, well, so you other know, other stories. Well,
0: so we—that's what we got to figure we, we do out. Do our own thing. That's what I'm saying. But I also
1: think about a lot the idea. I mean, bioengineering and this idea of a singularity—the point, right? Where we're, we're <laughs> right. I know right. it's a little—it's a little much, but we're biology and robotic robotics merge together
0: mm-hmm.
1: and where our artificial intelligence surpasses the capacity of the human brain. Okay, right? yes. The singularity. I've heard of it. Um, it's mostly the, the latter part of that, but thinking about the ways in which medical, biological advances coupled with robotics and the ability to, to engineer DNA mm-hmm. could create a world where people actually do You know, do uh, kind of orchestrate what their kids are going to be look like. like, Yeah, like like Gattaca, right? Yeah, like these are things that have already been done. But the Gattaca, he's got a heart deficiency that would have actually made it so that he was killed off. You know, in a in a situation where everyone where everyone's illnesses or predispositions to to certain illnesses or uh, conditions are modified. Yeah, so you could have a situation where people are so heavily engineered, right? that that is a particular privilege that starts to uh, stratify society on a biological lines, right? Yeah. Like, so we have, we have racism, we have class, we have all these th- ways that are very artificial of separating people out. But what about when people actually are being engineered on a biological level to be different, you know, and the people who, are, who wealthy people can afford to make themselves impervious to illness or mm-hmm. have some kind of, like rapid mental faculties or whatever it is right like and if you can't afford that then you're you're not only a second class citizen you are a you're considered a different species oh my god right? like it's it gets into oh very plays into race stuff that's oh been around god. for the whole history of the u.s anyway oh but, i
0: like that so poor people are a different species what do you think or, about you know, my biodome like, world
1: the biodome world is very are you no, I'm in. I'm, You're in. You're I'm on board? board. I'm
0: into that. All right, I'm in. I'm into this. i like, was just thinking about something. You know, totally. The poor know, people are know. different species. Like, well, I'm
1: not saying that, Ben. I'm not saying. No, no,
0: I'm not saying in real life, but I'm saying in this world. No, I'm not saying. I'm saying like in this world. Well, like th- there's a certain like you know horrible, you know that's what the the rich engineered people could believe.
1: Right, they just started to make themselves into that's in the... their
0: minds in advance. Yeah, yeah. Human spe- humanoid
1: species. Yeah, I know people I don't who think... couldn't. No, I know, I know, I know. But that would be <laughs> a, that would be the ideology of. The, yeah, that's of what. The... Yeah,
0: I totally, I'm totally on board. What what are, the that this is amazing. What is the title of this? Do you, what do you think about a film?
1: Uh, I'm I'm down with the film. It uh, seems well suited
0: to a film. Great. What do you? What should the name of the film be? I don't know. Yeah. Um Earth. <laughs> planet Earth. Planet Earth. The last planet Earth. last man standing. Biodome 2. <laughs> biodome
1: 2. That's that sounds like they get into a, a dome together and and beat each other
0: senseless biodome. It's oh, but like the, have the you way. know Biodome with Pauly Shore? No. It's it's not that good. Sounds crazy. It's not great. Ben, I need to go to the bathroom. I also do. There you <laughs> That's so uh, well let's uh let's pause and resume our our name brainstorm for this untitled dystopic film project. We shall. Great. All right. See, y- see I'll, you. Soon. I'll think on that. Cozy zone stairs. Sit tight. Please stay with us. Oh god. Please. Please stay with us. Whew. We're back. Much needed break. Yeah, I really uh it was amazing how much I had to pee. <laughs> um, you know, I think moving forward, I really have to make sure that I have gone to the bathroom before we we start these. But these yeah, are we ate. They're you know, long, had, yeah. We had ate coffee and juice. It's true. Cream. We had all the things, Max. I also I, I don't know if I k- shouted out your delicious breakfast. We had these delicious bagels. You made us a, a cheddar and and mushroom omelet. Beautiful omelets. Thank you thank you. This salad is delectable. And uh in the break you also made these fabulous, fabulous cocktails. Uh gin Saint Germain, Prosecco and Lemon. Yeah, a little you know, a little lemon twist, a
1: little a couple of little spots of that.
0: Fucking delicious. <laughs> Thank you. It's a
1: dangerous springtime. It is. I'm not usually very partial to cocktails, but Again, Mark Dones, is... influence. Mark he, Dones, he, how he do you know me, Mark Dones? We met at one of your parties years ago, and, and you're, you've friends. kept up, You're much better friends with him than I am. Well, we had we, you know, we hit it off that night and and started hanging out. So,
0: Where Shout out to Mark then? Dones? Yeah, he's Mark in Boston. Dones, Boston.
1: He, he gave me the the basic ingredients for this cocktail, and we had Mark them all day Dones. some weeks back.
0: I gotta get you on the cozy zone, brother, Mark Apparently. Dones.
1: Holy shit, he's brilliant. Yeah, he knows that too.
0: That's this is great. Mark Dones. Oh yeah. So, huh.
1: We enjoyed these while watching the what's it called, the indestructible Kimmy Schmidt. Very nice. Amazing. Watched the entire season in a day. Oh god.
0: So lazy. Got to talk about cozy zone. Got to get there. Sitting right here. Mm. You know, I think um, I find that my one of my most pleasurable times was binge watching Game of Thrones. Oh yeah. Yeah. But you know what's funny about Game of Thrones? I
1: find like when I really start to break down what's happening. Like it's just one meeting after another. Nothing.
0: Oh my god! It it's is. Like we're meeting so, at this table and wh- then at it, that it, table. It, there's a and lot then of all th- fresco. And this <laughs> this season has been a lot of bureaucracy. There's. It's all very political. It's right. very bureaucratic. And like they're all Khaleesi. moving towards each other. <laughs> very slowly. Everyone's on the road. Like, very slow. Very slowly. Yeah, the transportation is terrible. It's medieval fantasy. Right. So there's. It's the technology is not there. Right. There's a lot of magic, but not not so much technology. I mean, you know,
1: like yeah, not to get anyone in trouble, but there are these. First few episodes of the season were released, were leaked. Oh, so I started getting my watch on. Oh, did you? Have you been
0: binge watching? I'm, I'm. No, no. I mean, I, I watched a couple. I, I'm. Uh, I guess I'm all caught up. I haven't seen beyond. Yeah, yeah. Well, I found three. myself.
1: Up, I think I've seen up to four. Okay. So I found myself just watching it and being like, "What the hell is going on right now?" This is a bunch of people. In carriages, yeah, and moving towards each other, and plotting in this very complex way, like yeah. you really have to be paying attention to that show to know what the hell's going on.
0: Yeah, well, I I like that. I like paying attention like that. That's that's every once in a while there's like a big cliffhanger, a big <laughs> plot twist. Every once in a while, yeah. We still have, we don't know it, or at least I don't know what's going on with like half the characters. There you go. Um,
1: it's dangerous when something like that goes yeah. away for, for a few months and then comes back for another season because you're like,
0: wait, what? Yeah. I need to go rewatch the previous season to know what's happened. They do those nice previously on Game of Thrones. Yeah. That's very, and it's like, oh. You bl- need that. Yeah, you do need that because you're like, who the hell? Oh. A oh, man, high Sparrow. Sparrows. Hell yeah. Okay, Max. Ben, talk to me. So we have this sort of biodome, oh, mad the, Max.
1: Oh, I didn't come up with a name.
0: No, that's fine. Well, that that we do it together. We do. So um I wonder if there's a, I feel like it's sort of a singular word that like a singular like skylark or skyfall. Skyfall. <laughs> that's a good um, one. I mean, not to get off topic, but Skyfall of the, of the Bonds. Oh yeah, oh, totally. Yeah. yeah, man, Daniel Craig, badass. Badass Bond. I mean, you know, Money can't, Money Penny. I can't wait for Idris. <laughs> no, not Money Penny, but you
1: know what I'm saying like Idris? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I hope Idris is... He's amazing.
0: I hope he's the next Bond. That would be the best. That would be the best. I, I hope so, too. That would be the best. Please. So please. We're, on our, we're on our dome thing. Yeah, well, there's domes. There's like... I thought about the
1: dome thing, too. Like, you know, keeping the oxygen, like an artificial ozone. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like regulating temperature. You have to
0: terraform the Earth. Right. Terra- terraform Ar- the Earth. That's too on the Ar- nose. from SimCity. You ever play that game? No. Back uh, but, day, I, but I think I know i think i you're pretending i, I know you did you're i didn't a, actually no, I'm, I'm i watched joking, people i watched people play oh, okay. it but i didn't play it myself i okay. played sim ant nice it yeah. never really worked for me but no no
1: It was kind of fun it was pretty cool I'm just suddenly remembering things back in the day that involved domes yeah sim, our, sim was, city was definitely more, say
0: say the structure again arcology, arcology. Like after
1: a while of developing for kind of playing houses you can it's like a little city in yeah. a dome yeah totally so that idea,
0: you know, that's been around for a while. the, yeah. the Dome City, Dome City. I mean, and because we've pro- we you know, we've developed the technology to send people to Mars. I like this idea of like sending everyone to Mars, and it like went really bad, and right. like th- everyone is st- like mourning on Earth, and like there's this like pall of malaise right. that like it's like everyone's sort of connected to this horrible disaster. Right. Oh, God, that would be so. so that that would that would. Make everyone so sad. I read a book about that not too long
1: ago. Like a, a crew had been sent to Mars and they're basically totally screwed. Well, this one guy's by himself and has to survive, and it starts off. My mom recommended it to me. The first line is like, I'm fucked. Is it Martian summer? I don't think so. Oh, I forget the name. I, I just breezed through it. It was pretty whatever. But yeah. The idea that was very much that these people's lives were kind of a, a national centerpiece and mm-hmm. like a crisis. And it yeah. was
0: like, we can't lose them. And right. You know, right. Like, Yeah.
1: But if you're talking about an entire colony of people going to Mars and dying, that's yeah, the next level.
0: Yeah. I'm talking about some like, and like, and you're stuck on earth, like deal, like right. just so like, that didn't work. Yeah. And so now it's just like, well, we have to use this technology to like, like figure out the reason to live. Like, right. why is there like, ugh. Hmm. oh, that's so awful. Yeah. So I feel like a, like a, some sort of like, Single word, two syllable word like that. Like, that maybe it's an animal. It's some like it's a name of the colony that like, uh, in question. Ozone. Ozone. Um, because okay, so also like something like a Mora or something like Carpos, Like you know some like a, a mythical place. Like right. I like I like both of those names, not necessarily for this movie, sure. but like something in along those lines right. feels like what it needs to be like. Uh,
1: well, that, that may, it suggests Solaris. That ooh, so that's already a thing.
0: Yeah, I know. <laughs> Skyfall. Skyfall.
1: <laughs> Incredible uh, graphics for those, that opening. But anyway, um, I th- it feels like we might need to know more about the story. You know, like sometimes you get a really weird title for uh, something and it's totally sure. like coming straight out of something in it's sure, the script sure. and you're like, where, where the hell did that come from? Skyfall.
0: You didn't see that one coming. <laughs> that one, oh, it's so, there's so. When one. the sky falls. Mm. Um, so I think, so there are these like, you know, these, these pirate, like, I feel like it, it follows the, this like one young, maybe lady pirate who is, you know, somehow she's the chosen one somehow. Yeah. Like, why would, I don't know why she's the chosen one.
1: Maybe things go back to, I wonder like what the fuel source is. It's not just about
0: food, but. I wonder but if it's probably like
1: nuclear. Or maybe it goes back to solar. Maybe they're like, oh, we should have been doing that all along. Maybe. Harnessing the the sun solar.
0: Power. Yeah, solar makes sense. You could probably, I mean, because there's
1: so much open space. But maybe, so it kind of depends like where we're at in the story, right? Maybe, maybe there are some super advanced solar powers that have been created, but there's not, no more,
0: like they you, you can't make any more solar panels. So it's like just existing like. You have to move around existing solar panel right. stock. Or I was thinking about the pirate thing, like maybe mm. that's that's uh, they, uh, the underground market is oh, that people nice. are stealing and selling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Right. But like definitely like the like the outside environment is very harsh and right. people need to like wear suits. It's sort of like yeah, yeah, Dune, yeah. you know. And some kind of
1: like next level sunscreen. Oh,
0: God. Yeah. Like crazy. It's like nuclear screen. Yeah. Nuclear screen. I don't know. And it's like, is it a spray? Probably not. Like, I mean, you probably have, it's probably in your garment. You peel it off at the end of the day. Oh, yeah. So, So oh, that's good. So it's like a complete body. Like you need to like cover your whole body. In the, oh, I like that. And then it's very sexy because there could be a love scene and you need to like take off all that stuff. Like, Ooh, yeah. weird ways of being sexual in the future. Yeah. Oh, man. It, you'd be so kinky in the future. The future is just because like, who gives a fuck anymore? You know what I mean? Sure. Nobody. People are just like their pussies are out. Their cocks are ready. You've been waiting to say those their, words. Their penises are engorged. Okay, come on. Their penises are engorged
1: unnecessary slight <laughs> i'm not strictly anatomical ben
0: i understand i i i sense and don't your... say the, the
1: word engorged ever again
0: <laughs> i sense. i sense your reticence to talk further about these issues <laughs> that's why you're pressing i'm i'm done i'm done no no um, um mm.
1: n- or maybe you know, there's going to be some some kind of development too with like haptic feedback kind of things. Where, right, we're right. Go on. You, you know, the the in the same way that people are probably going the the melding of robotics and and bio haptic right, feedback. That there's going to be some kind of thing where you can stimulate each other's uh, genitalia without being present. I but see. That's like more because that, that already exists. Right? Sure, sure, sure. That's I what I'm interesting. Mean, you intend for something to happen, you send a certain signal and then there's a receiver that does something. Totally. There's gonna be a more advanced form of that than what we already have. Totally. Um like I don't I don't blog or read many blogs, but there's some people out there who I've read who who have stuff about kind of that already being a thing and people can Yeah, I'm sure. Take um kind of mutual masturbation to the next level if they're apart, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can be long distance and yeah. have some kind of thing you hook up to. It seems kind of dangerous. I wouldn't want to be electrocuted by something totally. that's like trying to stimulate my totally penis. Yeah. That would be really unfortunate. Totally. Um, comical, like as a way to die. It'd be, be great. Well, oh God, but I, I don't wish that for you. No, I, I'm not saying that I want to die that way. I, I wouldn't say I would use any of this technology, but. Thimble. Thimble is the name of, you're coming back to the name of this movie. Spool. Spool. What the hell are you talking about? Candor, candor, and ebb, abnegation. Oh god, that the, the synonyms are so funny. Abnegation. Abnegation's the worst. That is. Dauntless. Go fuck yourselves. <laughs> um, what do you mean? Fearless. <laughs>
0: courageous. Dauntless. Which god. one is? Ugh. Um, nobody uses that word. That's probably why why it was choked. Crocus. Crocus. The first flower of the springtime. Yeah. Um, it
1: makes me think of saguaro.
0: There's a, like saguaro yeah a, a yeah, yeah saguaro's not bad um saguaro huh
1: I kind of like that I have a friend named saguaro that's why I pulled that one out of what me. do you think um I think I think I'm th- still thinking about this pirate thing and like okay. what the whole culture is around these pirates how do they live <coughs> together do they have kind of an uh alternate kind of lifestyle well, separate
0: from the main they need to have society. they need to have like some sort of shelter right and underground but, yeah i guess it is Ugh. I know. is that so cliche? so cliche
1: like the underground city is so cliche I but it's, fa- it's fascinating all the same you know like the mole
0: people yeah underground Mm. What's the We're alternative? What's the alternative to like the the, this?
1: This sort of, or it's like all you know, there's some or, abandoned spaces, like some
0: spaces that are from now or a little totally. bit in the future that are not
1: really habitable, but people have repurposed them. You know
0: what it's like? They're like a caravan people. They're sort of like gypsies. So it's all vehicular. So, so, so the they have like basically it is well. No, <laughs> but what I mean is like instead of like these domes. Maybe, I guess it is like. I haven't actually seen Mad Max, but oh, like should. they have these big transports, like yeah. Jawas. I'm thinking like Jawas okay, sure. on, on Tatooine. Um, you know, you know, let, let your freak flag fly, Ben. Go for it. You know what I'm talking about. I do. Yeah. Um, yeah, the sand crawlers. Right. Yeah. It's sort of like that, but so they're, they're like nomadic. They're nomadic and they have like climate controlled vehicles, you know, that oh, they so need, fancy. you know, um, but there's no, like, there's no permanent structure. And they maybe go and, like, charge up in some abandoned, like, solar panels. You know, they've, like, figured out how to sort of charge up their stuff and mm. maybe have solar-powered vehicles and, and climate-controlled vehicles. It's like Burning Man, you know? Sure, sure. I think an interesting, maybe,
1: a, uh, additional ingredient is something like wh- whatever people really need is also something that's also, or think they need is something that's killing them. Oh, whether it's like that. cigarettes? I don't know if we really need, yeah, but something that's a little, maybe a little more essential to kind of the ongoing. Maybe it's a kind of a fuel or the thing that they put on their skin oh, to I protect be- from from oh. the sun. Mm. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, it's not an essential piece, but I'm just saying maybe there's something about because I think that's a very that's a, a contemporary conundrum, as it were. The things so, we think we need are killing us. Yeah, you know, and our 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 sort of huh. our systems, our our money. That's all. Totally. We create these things that seem very essential within the framework we've set
0: up for the past few right. years, but... Well, there's, like, even being outside, like, being outside, killed, like, it's too dangerous to be outside, like, it's uninhabitable, the environment is uninhabitable, however... Something out there is... Like, you, we need, you need to go outside to... Harvest cactus. Harvest cactus, saguaro, I like it. Maybe it's not the one, I, I feel I like you're, a, not, you're not
1: sold... No, it's okay. But I'm suddenly thinking about what are like is is there a plant where other things aren't growing to the same degree? Oh, succulent. You know, like we have corn now. That everybody, every, everything is made of corn. But yeah, do we yeah. Have something else. <coughs> this is a succulent. Is it? Yeah. What? Some kind of like space plant? Redwood.
0: You know? Like what? Like what plant would survive all this? Maybe it was a space plant. Space plant. I don't know. Oh, that's kind of like fun. an
1: invasive. You know, like, oh. you know ice oh. plant.
0: Oh
1: is so invasive and just spreads everywhere with a little bit of water on the sand you know? I maybe mean, there's some kind of oh. ali- you know extraterrestrial plant plant oh my god that people eat but is also so- taking over oh
0: i like every that. time they go outside it's
1: taken over a little bit oh, more i really like that i don't know
0: i like that a lot it's like oh god it's sort of this thing this weird like th- that is really interesting an interesting like extra story What's it called? Uh, but I, li- I like it. Oh, I, do we have like any sort of reference book, like an encyclopedia or a dictionary or something?: I certainly have a dictionary. Well, let's yeah, let's Let uh, take a look because I wonder I wonder if you know some sort of if we could look up like succulent or like invasive something, oh, that's good and like moss, maybe it's a kind of moss. Like it's called uh Mossville, Moss World, Earth Moss, Space Moss, Sky Moss, space sky, moss. moss. sky Moss, Cloud Moss, Skyfall. Skyfall. See, this is the thing: I this is the surplus books. Here, you know what? I'm not going to go searching for a dictionary at I have that there's a Yiddish dictionary, Spanish dictionary. No. But this is interesting. A visual dictionary? Visual thesaurus, great. So let's see. I'm gonna look up uh, culinary credible. What this is? Is this gonna be helpful? I
1: don't know that it will be. But look, growing. Like you get some images, but it's a visual thesaurus. Maybe that was a complete.
0: Well, no. This visual. This com- is good. A, a visual endeavor.
1: thesaurus is good on a podcast. That's what I like. Yeah, that's what I I, I thought about. Nickelodeon maybe just showing you gifts the whole time we were Place doing this Bowl. podcast, and, and just <laughs> laughing about them, and having you insist that Powerful, people people couldn't see the gifts.
0: This How do you use
1: this? Shit, Ben, get get rid of it. It's growing. It's okay. Fruitless. It's dauntless. Dauntless. That, that made no sense. Okay. Guidance North. We need to know about plants. Do some research. Pull a, pull a Tony government. Kushner. Do a few
0: years of, of research. Futuristic. There's a, a picture of like little dots. There's weird. This is weird. There's an weird. alien. I there's know, a flying what? car. There's a planet. Huh. This is very strange. It is. Huh. Wow. Um, Relief. There's a toilet. There's a thermometer. There's a sweating guy. Reliable.
1: Sweating guy?
0: Yeah, Cinemax. Oh, you know what's funny?
1: You were just asking me about a certain fella who is calling me right now. I'm not going to take the call. I'll call him back later, but... Okay. Well, good. Yeah, Rui. Rui. He's calling me. So... If you're listening to this, which I doubt you will be, he, I think you um, might have listened to Raina's.
0: Oh well, then maybe he'll listen to this yeah, one. Yeah, I hope so. I see your call. I don't mean to be rude. We're I'll gonna call you back. You're okay. gonna call. It, we're probably almost done. We just need to figure out. We just got to figure out a name. This is the last. Just thing. have to figure out. This is only one of the most important do. things about. Uh, this <laughs> title. Um, um, well, okay. So I like this idea. of This invasive. Like we could just name uh, anything. But whatever sure, the name sure, sure, sure. we come up with is the name of this invasive plant species that like like something about flower girl or a, uh, what's a cute name for a plant like um, Why is it going to be cute I guess it doesn't need Maybe to be it's like
1: spider nettle or something spider creepy. nettle no, that's nettle a Ooh, title. nettle
0: isn't is pretty good nah, 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 nah. um there's there's brush there's foliage Bru- brush. leaves there's bush bushwick Bushwick. No. <laughs> all right, all right. Um uh tumbleweed weed um mm, like s- space weed. Spa- <laughs> That's space a, different weed. Space <laughs> weed a different movie. Space weed is different. But another um, I think that'll be our second movie. We can um, make a movie. Called d- space desert weed. weed. Desert weed uh desert space weed. It'll be like Mars attacks. Mm. <laughs> you know, and this plant was was a gift from the people of Mars. Like, pe- the people of Mars Assholes. sent us this this invasive, Mar- like, Martian, Martian saguaro. They would. Like, uh... Wait, they're people on Mars? No, they died. They, they died, somebody. remember? Oh, I see, I see, I see. The, but The they, humans who were on the Mars. The humans, Mars yeah, yeah. Sent back samples. Yeah, of the, they create, maybe they created this, like, this plant that they, like, was gonna sustain, like, this was the big invention on right. Mars. And then it, like... And humans are like, great. And it's like you are you've fucked the earth. Hmm, hmm, that is hmm, hmm. and then they've died. Harvest. <gasps> strange harvest.
1: Strange harvest, bam. Really? I mean it's a little strange fruitish strange. which has me thinking about other things. Oh, which is good though. But that's I mean, it's not necessarily I mean, it's, connotations it, that are. No, no, I'm not saying it's good, day, but, but it's a strange harvest. That's an interesting title. I would be curious about that. Strange
0: alright. Strange Harvest, coming, coming to theaters right. it everywhere. It makes you think
1: of aliens, it does. Strange Harvest. to Like, what is this thing? You know, or like some kind of... Strange Harvest. And then they're in this dystopia, and
0: what is it? Is right. it about the plantations? Strange Harvest. Ooh.
1: Okay, this is, this is official. And I'm not one to really hype up intellectual property, but, you know, it, it came up here. We,
0: we got it, man. This is, they're very sacred, these things. Max Forman-Mullen and Ben Weber present Strange Harvest. Yeah, a feature film. Great, awesome, cool, man. Um, we who, end. Who knew making a film was that easy? It it is, and they, we have all the funding we need. It's gonna
1: be great. Oh yeah, because we can just request as much money as we want from the cozy zone, say, right? Yeah, yeah. We, we get one of those big checks? <laughs> yes, yes, nice.
0: Mm. Um, can you think of any? Are there actors you can think oh, of you want? Just wondering. Yeah, we should probably have some.
1: Like, definitely not certain people like I wouldn't want Matt Damon and Ben Affleck in those oh, time like, get stay yeah. out of my memory. but we're gonna, gonna make to you know
0: we want to make agreements that we can do as opposed to not do Max. yeah you know what I mean we point. actions Bring, we can take bringing it back full circle mm-hmm.
1: hmm you know maybe just employ our friends all I mean, right why does this need to be yeah. a star studded cast no, no it'd be nice stars, to have, have a mean. star
0: I, I would want to work with um oh cool yeah you know, I who would like why not get all the recognition well yeah I mean we have all the money they oh, just have to say yes um Money is not an object Who would I like? Probably Liam Neeson
1: <laughs> Nice I too. You like. probably
0: need some like Some kind of like
1: uh, Questionable leader of the, the dome right? Oh yeah Like Yeah Somebody who's Like the evil mayor got, The gangster right, mayor The, the gangster mayor you know. Who's got enough charm And enough connections yeah. and talent to, to appeal to people But then is pretty ruthless Totally Maybe has like a, a You know Smile on your face Stab you in the
0: back kind Totally of thing. Um you know, I'm thinking about, you know, TV's Nucky Thompson. Mm, mm, um, mm. Javier Bardem. You know, just you talk about sc- Skyfall. Oh yeah. Javier Bardem's he pretty can, good. He plays a great villain. Um, oh, God. Why can't I think of Nucky Thompson's real name? Come on. Come on. What's what the internet is for? Oh, God. This is so embarrassing. Singularity. I'll think about it. Oh, that's so, so embarrassing. Pretty
1: soon we're not going to use our own brains. Just no. Tap into Google. I'm gonna, I'm gonna install the Google chip in my brain the second I, the uh, first opportunity I get. No, absolutely. No way. Well, you're gonna get you're gonna get into it one way or another. It's, you know, it's like, okay, maybe Bluetooth came and went, and it's really <laughs> just for like older men. <laughs> oh my god! But you're gonna get the Google chip. You're gonna love it.
0: We'll see. We'll see, buddy. Um, any any other casting? Oh man, I don't know. I'm terrible with actors' names. It's really I can I
1: can see them. I can like oh. visualize what movies they've been in. Blah blah blah. blah. i like what I don't
0: know. I have to before we end. I have to think of. Uh, he's in Big Lebowski. Uh, he's in The Sopranos. Hmm. You need that Jeopardy music to come on
1: So, yeah, this is another opportunity for people
0: listening in to uh, comment. To comment. God, you morons. You morons. Ugh, I'm so. Ugh. Steve Buscemi. 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 Love him. Jesus. Steve Buscemi. What a weirdo. He'd be perfect for Strange Harvest. Strange Harvest. I think he'd be great.
1: Strange. In a World, Strange Harvest with Steve Buscemi, (laughs) Ben (laughs) Weber, Max Foreman Mullen. And, and be some other people who Lee are
0: Some ladies? White men. Well, we need a, we need a strong female protagonist, I
1: think. Reyna? Reyna, great. Raina, Perfect. Reyna Bonaparte, making it happen. Yeah, Rui would be a good, uh, like, villain. Sure, or, like, or, you know, you or, know you kind of, the, the ally who surprises ally. you by, like, saving your life right at the end or something. Oh, know? yeah. Like,
0: He's great. He's a charming guy.
1: You have to have a moment like that. You think all is lost, and then Rui comes to save the day at the very end.
0: Mm-hmm. I like
1: it, or like Raina really saves the day. I don't. Who knows? It who g- knows? It gets complicated.
0: Uh, Nicolette is in it.
1: Nicolette, who would she be? She'd she, be one of the the p-
0: uh, pirates for sure. Yeah, definitely. I could see it. Yeah, she. Uh, yeah, she would probably have like a really crazy like, uh, like sunscreen suit. <laughs> you are just thinking about that sex scene. You're, I are um, horrible. Uh, well, you are not horrible. You know, you just just I know where your your head's at. You, Boys only want one thing, Max. Oh. Do you have any questions for me? Questions
1: for you about I don't know, this movie? I was about N- to find some music as a the theme song for it, Oh, I just couldn't do
0: it. Oh like, shit. Didn't, didn't find it. Oh darn. Well, we have an opportunity to to keep thinking about it. We I am trying to start a Pinterest oh. with uh, the people so we can visualize. I've never used Pinterest.
1: Are you on Pinterest? No. I'll, I'll be one of these 80-year-olds who hasn't the foggiest idea. We'll get of any you of on the the social media or we'll get you on stuff there. that's
0: happening. We'll get you. Um, no, but any, I don't know, any sort of final word, this is final word is that I've been enjoying myself
1: thoroughly. I'm so glad glad you're in my cozy zone. Yeah. This has been an honor. This has been a very chill Saturday. Good man. Full of food. Yeah. Good company. Delicious. Interesting conversation. Totally. All the different directions that we've let it go. Totally. I feel like to, to end up on a social science fictiony dystopia, you know, called strange harvest is a good kind of good place to come to (laughs) yeah pulling together a lot of different threads yeah in the conversation so i just want to thank you oh thank you you're very welcome you're very welcome episode 13 too i think 13 is a very auspicious number rather than
0: being uh, something to avoid or because no i love the number 13 me too um i like it uh we end cozy zone by singing our own making our own cozy music do we yeah. I think you're just making that up. No, I swear to God. Well okay. get us started. Go for it. Uh, oh, this is the theme song. We can sing the theme song to Strange, the opening credits to Strange Harvest. Okay. Oh, oh my god, there's a mystery happening. There's a mystery that you'll discover. Ah, 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 ah. So much max <laughs> thank you ben. you're the best <laughs> this has been awesome i love you so much love you too all right Bye. we are intimately finding our peaceful cozy zone and ben he interviews friends It's awkward and then it's cozy zone Occasionally it's a lovely thing to be nosy in somebody's cozy zone So please, snuggle up sweet A beautiful thing, it's cozy zone